Hello, beautiful people. It is Thursday night, football Thursday, October 5th, 2023. And this sports program, it starts right now. Football! It's happening tonight, week five of the NFL season kicks off as the Commanders of Washington are home favorites by six, taking on the Chicago Bears, who seem to be a dumpster fire, but maybe tonight is the night that it all turns for Justin Fields, Eberflus, in the Chicago Bears. We got uh, Kirk Herbstreit joining us in about 20 minutes. He'll be on the call this evening on Prime with Al Michaels. We have Coach Nick Saban joining us in the second hour, obviously Alabama takes on Texas A&M. Last time they played there, Texas A&M, yep. 2021, lost. Yeah, oh. oh! So what do we learn from that? What did we learn last week from Mississippi State? Can't wait to chat with Coach Nick Saban about all things happening in Alabama and the college football world and also football as a whole. And then speaking as football as a whole, we got a rookie who's breaking a lot of records right now. Mm-hmm. He's playing quarterback for the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud will be joining us at 2.30 Eastern time, coming right off the practice field. I'm excited to chat with him. The last time we talked to him was at Radio Row. Yeah. He was very mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had a lot of swag. Oh, yeah, moxie. A lot of moxie. Last time we seen him before that was at the college football playoff when he was playing Georgia where they almost won. Mm-hmm. Kicker hits a very difficult kick but could have hit that kick there in the national championship instead of Georgia who beat TCU by 55 points in the national championship. We saw him play in a field. We go, that's a Sunday guy. Then his life went like this after both of those appearances because people were talking about this guy's brain doesn't work. Hey, he's an Ohio State quarterback. He can't run. Well, all he has done in in the face of all the hate and the naysay, is put together one of the greatest rookie quarterback seasons of all time through the first four weeks. He has not thrown an interception. This is a rookie quarterback. And to make this a little bit more clear, Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama, great football player. Uh, we wondered about his size coming out. Everybody did. That was the only thing you could really pick apart is what all the experts said. Mm-hmm. He is currently 33rd in the NFL QBR. Ooh. Okay? okay. 33 because Gardner Minshew has a QBR that has been ranked because he started a game because Anthony Rich and Richardson wasn't able to play. 32 teams. 33. 33rd QBR. Number one overall pick. C.J. Stroud hasn't thrown a pick yet. QBR like top 15 or top 10 or something. Nuts. You're talking about absolutely bananas. Seems to have it figured out. Can't wait to chat with him. And also, can't wait to see the vibe of the Houston Texans because they're still in the Indianapolis Colts organization. With Mm -hmm. that being said, Jonathan Taylor's back in the building speaking to the media this morning. No live stream of it. Very interesting. Why is that? No live stream. Mm. Nobody was allowed to record either, I don't think, although we got videos coming out from him answering different things. I wonder if all parties were wondering how that whole thing was going to go. We don't need to stream it to get it maybe blipped and cut out and see how people take it because this is an important press conference for Jonathan Taylor because the last time we heard him talk, he hated Indianapolis Colts. Yep. Yeah, that's right. He was not happy about how he was getting paid. Right. He wanted to get out of there. His agent was talking shit to Jim Irsay, who's the owner of the Colts. The owner of the Colts, Jim Irsay, was talking shit back to the agent <laughs> yeah. and to the running back community as a whole. It yep. was ugly. He's there today, and he said, I don't need to promise uh, whether or not I took the trade request off the board. I'm proving I'm committed because I'm here. This is his answer, chit-chatting, after he was asked if his trade request has been rescinded yet. To go out there and to be able to, to do what I love, just play football. So um, just going through that journey throughout this whole time, been a lot of things said and done, but at the end of the day, the number one overall goal for everybody was for me to get healthy. And I, I think everybody's on the same page with that. When did you get healthy? Over the course of this, this whole offseason. There's never a specific date, because there's always progression. There's always 
hey, okay, we gotta break through this wall, then we gotta break through that next wall. So just being able to maintain that perseverance until you get the achieved goal that you so that was the hell, that was the answer he gave when he was asked if his trade request is still on the table to the Indianapolis Colts. He decided to take it to the health way, mm -hmm. and the goal was to get healthy and everything. So then they obviously asked a follow-up, and he said, I don't have to say one way or the other. If I'm here, uh, if I wasn't committed, I wouldn't be here. And it's like, well, I think you kind of have to be, actually, because you might lose some money because right. yeah. they didn't have you on PUP anymore, and they could have activated your entire thing. So we don't know if it's been concluded. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We do know Jonathan Taylor is back in the Indianapolis Colts building. Anthony Richardson's already talked about him. He's been on the practice field. Let's hope that he gets to experience Shane Steichen yep. and this new Colts yep. team one weekends at home mm -hmm. especially with dope 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 yeah, that song that we have in there. And maybe Jonathan Taylor will fall in love with being an Indianapolis Colt, and we will reside this. He was also asked about the contract and what he's going to do, and he said that's an off-season conversation. Ooh. So, there we go. Okay. feels like that's the Colts new. and Jonathan Taylor are kind of moving forward, which is good news. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. And a man who coached football for 36 years, 18 in college, 18 in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, our coach, the people's coach. Chuck, we're going. Yeah, Chuck. All right, Chuck, let's just dive right into yep. the team that used to be the head coach of. This Jonathan Taylor situation with Jim Irsay and the new agent and the timing in which he asked to be traded and just a couple months after he said, uh, I'm going to play out my contract, I signed a contract. That statement was made in the time when, like, trades can happen mm -hmm. and a lot of money is still mm -hmm. on a lot of different salary caps. So whenever he says, I'm going to finish my contract, I signed it in his baby face, and especially after we have the number four pick overall, and the season was a massive letdown, and it was terrible football, and he didn't have anywhere near his best year. It was his worst year by far, probably in the history of his entire football career. So then a couple of months later, he requests a trade. He wants a new contract. He wants all this. No teams were able or willing to give up what the Colts were asking for, which was something in return because it's Jonathan Taylor, mm -hmm. and if he's worth all this money, let's assume that we're losing somebody good. The Colts would want somebody back. How do you think Shane Steichen, who is trying to build this entire culture, who had to deal through training camp with Jonathan Taylor with a hood up, and he's your best player, and he's not buying in at all to anything that you're selling. New rookie quarterback, a lot of new faces in the building. You're trying to build this culture. This guy is falling behind. He's your best player, too, which is always a big distraction. Yeah. Now he's back in the building. Is your trade request still on there? Well, if I wasn't committed, I wouldn't be here. Like, How does Shane Steichen handle this whole situation, and how do you think they get past it all? Well, I think this is a great sign, right, based on what, uh, what JT said. I think we we're all hoping that, you know, he would come off the pup, be ready to go uh, for the Titans game at home this week. And Shane is like a flatliner to me. Like, I don't, I don't see – I see him in the locker room after wins. I think he's a competitive dude. But I think when it comes to this kind of stuff, I think he's wired the right way. You know, he, doesn't, he didn't overreact to any of that stuff. He just kind of let it, let it play out. So – He's got to be. He's got to be ecstatic. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know? I think so too. Yeah. yeah. The, the way Zach ran Moss. Yes. In his absence, and now to have you know JT back and put him back in the backfield with with AR five, I mean he's got to be fired up. Now the acid test will be okay. You know, if he plays this week, how much do we play him? What's the pitch count going to be? And what is his health? And what if it starts be? bad? Yeah. What if it starts like bad? How do we how do we keep the positive vibes if the first half is terrible? Because the Titans defense very good, very good, very good defense. Oh, yeah. I mean that is no, what they got they got a good defense. So and they know the Colts. Yeah. You can mm -hmm. script plays, 
Shane will put them in position to be successful. He'll call some some easy runs, some you know high percentage stuff for for the quarterback and for JT. Um, I don't see that happening. I see him, you know, killing the offensive Me line too. is better. So the to offensive your point, line though, is better. Chuck, to your point, the whole conversation about the Indianapolis Colts coming in is is Shane Steichen going to be able to put an offense in that AR five is going to be able to thrive in. Mm-hmm. What you were saying about Coach Steichen, getting to watch him in person, he is very competitive, seems to have the respect of everybody, but he will chew the refs out, yes. which I yeah. I appreciate because the team sees that too, and they see that their coach is just as mad as they are. I feel like the team is young enough. I think AR5 is a good leader, and I believe that if JT gets to experience AR5 in that mm. Shane Steichen offense because Zach Moss had a lot of move, to get back to your point. Zach Moss had a lot of room to move on various games, especially against that Baltimore team that I think is very, very hard to run against. No doubt about it. Nobody does. Uh, and they had success. And I think JT has seen this team have success. And he's been sitting back and watching this locker room buy in to Shane's program, buy into the accountability, whereas maybe, okay, what if they're 0-4 right now? Boy, they really need me. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think he, I think he kind of looked at this thing and said, "Shit, I got to get my ass back out there." Chance to get money too. Yes. yes. Hey, if he and does just, really well just right go now, make it happen. Chance to get money. Yeah. That offense is one that he's going to be able to eat, and if they get going, and there was times, and we're dramatic, and we overreact, and we have to play in real time because we're a real time daily show. Yep. That I didn't know how this was going to get resolved because Jonathan Taylor was like most popular player in Indianapolis. He was the mayor of Indiana. Then all of a sudden he gets his new agent. They do this play to get more money, which respect if it pays off. It did not pay off. He had a public trade request, a public spout with Jim Irsay, who think whatever you want outside of here, pretty beloved here in Indianapolis yep. because he literally just hands hundreds to mm-hmm. people all day, yeah. every day. That's what he is. He's one of the most dialed into the city owners there is. So public spout with Jim Irsay. The Colts fans expect good football, and you're lucky to be a Colt is how Colts fans feel. So publicly, I didn't think there was a chance he was going to be able to be babyface again, but AR5 is the guy here. Now. Oh, yeah. So Jonathan Taylor doesn't have to have the pressure to be the most liked guy. Mm-hmm. If Jonathan Taylor makes some plays, it's like, oh, we are happy we got Jonathan Taylor back. I think there is a chance for a full babyface turn when maybe I didn't believe that was possible just a few weeks ago. And it's strictly because of how damn optimistic people are about what Anthony Richardson can become. Yeah, absolutely. And in part, I think it's, you know, like what Chuck said is they're two and two. They look pretty good so far. You know, I think a lot of people expected them, rookie quarterback, like, they're going to stink this year. We, do, I mean, we don't know what to expect out of them. Like, they've been pretty solid. And in terms of, like, the fans getting back on board, if he pops a long one or if he goes – Place is going to go bananas. It's going to yeah. go apeshit. I'm yeah. going to go crazy. I, I wanted him to get traded out of Indianapolis just because mm-hmm. I was like, all right, bro, we're trying to rebuild this entire thing. We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. If you're this pissed, we do not not need a distraction right now, especially with what that building was – just a year ago. Remember, mm-hmm. there's rumors coming out of the Indianapolis Colts building, and nobody within the building would give me, you know, a matter of fact, because they didn't want to be the person telling me any information because I got this thing in front of me uh, right. every single day. Makes sense. But there's people missing treatments and late to team meetings, and there's obviously the gambling situation happening in there. It's like that building was a cesspool, a toxic culture that somehow happened very quickly because there's a great tradition in history here in Indianapolis. So I think a lot of us ex-Colts players, I don't want to speak for everybody, but a lot of us were like, but you like you're a part of the group that kind of ruined what, and I'm not gonna say we. I just so happen to be there, but like the teams of the past kind of built in Indianapolis and how this city goes. So you don't want to be here, yeah. We don't want to be picking number four overall 
anymore either. Yeah. We don't want to hear that people are late to team meetings in professional football. You're getting paid to play football. Show up at your meetings. What are we even missing? Treatments? What are we even? You're a professional football player. Like that's how it's kind of expected around here. So whenever that, and I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor did any of those things. He did not. I'm just saying that's what the Colts had become. So whenever this guy, whenever we're trying to build this culture back up, and we got a brand new head coach, and we got a promising quarterback, and this guy's like, I don't want to be here. I want more money. It was almost like every Colts fan was like, Okay, dude. Sure. Go. We hope you do well. Honestly, I think you'll do better than you did last year because you've proven that through your entire football career. Last year was anomaly, your worst time, which makes it even more interesting that you would kind of try to hold the team. Bad business. I think it was a bad business decision, but hey, it might end up paying off because he'll play great this year and came back with a chip on his shoulder and all that stuff. But like, he does pop one, I'm yeah. going to go crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Welcome back, JT. Yeah. Well, and everybody in the AFC South, two and two. So it's like everybody's in it. Yeah. C.J. Stroud and that Houston Texans team, I don't think anybody's thinking they're not going to be in it by the end of this, which is wild to think about. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just assumed they were just going to be an afterthought. The Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously they have a massive win over Atlanta, but like who are they? You know, this year oh, as yeah. opposed to... Probably not as good as everyone thought they were going Potentially, the or yeah. they might be. Yeah. We, we have no idea. Yeah. Colts, much better. We're in games that we should not be in and beating... To, like, All of them. We are in... Shane Steichen seems to be one of those guys. And in Vrabel... With the t- it's like always be there. The AFC South is either very gettable or very you get gottable. And I feel like all four teams are like in it right now. And it's a beautiful thing. We get to add in a guy who two years ago, three counting this season, three seasons yep. ago, was an MVP candidate. So hopefully he's able to get back in there. Good news for Indianapolis. Yeah, that's what was kind of forgotten. I feel like during this entire thing is how good Jonathan Taylor is at football. And I'm not saying Zach Moss, you know, isn't as good, but you assume that oh. does give the offense as a whole a little lift. Like if you're... You we know, hope he's good at football. Hopefully yeah. still Last great. year yeah. he was hurt and he yep. did not play good football. Mm-hmm. It was not good. His, We're running right into the back of offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. We're, and the offensive linemen was not good. We're not good either. Right. And allegedly the quarterback last year was not calling the same plays that the off. I mean, that, that, nothing was good. Just an absolute nightmare <laughs> situation where Jonathan Taylor did not play his best football. But yeah, he has the talent and ability. And he seems to be healthy. He's going to get right back into it. Congrats to the Colts. Yep. yep. Here we go. Also, congrats to the city of Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, there's quite a situation. Uh, Momo the monkey uh, escaped uh, last night, I believe, yesterday during the day. And uh, although, you know, there was some people that were terrorized by this monkey, hurt. Not uh, fatally, but still, whether it was rocks or poop or anything that this monkey had, Momo, it it hurt a few people, but luckily uh, we got him. Uh, He has been captured and returned to his home that may or may not. Way to go, IMPD. Yep, it's great. Uh, Just taking a quick look at the photo. Yeah, Momo might not be living with the greatest people, uh, and he might not be in the best (laughs) situation. Uh, Who knows? I don't think that photo says that. Was Momo a brand new owner? Uh, Yeah, Momo squatted in that brand new house? I don't know if that's a brand new owner, but I do know like that part of town. It's not. No. Momo had to have his head on a swivel last night for that particular part of town, yeah. I will say. Because anybody can get it from what I've yep. – just from living here for about 15 years, watching the news nightly, like where Momo was just strolling around. Man. Oh, tough part of town. Hardcore. But I, I think Momo is much smarter than the average monkey. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Because he ran by this camera saying, get my good side. Yeah. You know, he kind of did the whole thing. Momo's a showman, and uh, we're happy he's okay. But – if you guys could have seen the reaction around Indianapolis about Momo being on the loose. Momo. Everybody was so, this thing's so cute. How do we, we want to go meet Momo. They had to send a following up like, he has hurt people, but not with biting. I'm like, is this, is this monkey doing jujitsu on people? How, yeah, how's, possible. He, how's he not hurting yeah. people mm-hmm. if he's not biting them? Is he arm barring and yeah. choking things I, out? I got mm-hmm. big John Cena vibes from what Connor's announcement right there. That we was, got him? Yeah. Yep. 
Thank you, Tony. What was that from Bin Laden, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was from Bin Laden. Similar. When he ran out. <laughs> Very similar. Momo. Yeah, I mean. Momo was kind of terrorizing a bad part of town here, and I don't know if anybody's ready for it. Uh, let's move on to Marshawn Lynch. He joined Unk, Shannon Sharp, on Club Shay Shay, and every. Tuesday, I get a chance to chat with Shannon and Stephen A. and Molly over there, and I'm very thankful for that. And we've always been massive fans of Shannon. And Club Shay Shay, phenomenal podcast. Wow. He gets a lot of great stuff out of a lot of humans. And he's unk, so he's plugged in everywhere. Marshawn Lynch rarely sits down to do full interviews. Very rarely. We yeah. were very lucky to have one with him. We didn't get to dive into the stuff that Unk did. But, buddy, the conversations that are coming out of this chat right here, where I think Marshawn at one point lights up a black amount. I think they're both drinking a little bit of yak. Ooh. I don't know if anything else good smoke, and I didn't see the entire conversation, but he's talking about everything. Marshawn Lynch, one of the most beloved humans in the history of humans. He was actually my top three human to ever exist at one point, strictly because everything that he does, he has been himself through the entirety. His hometown, the town, Oakland, is not like the nicest place, obviously. He is still plugged in, takes care of the entire town, will always represent them, never sell out on anybody, and never change. I saw him in Bear Grylls out in Wild, yeah. and it was Marshawn Lynch with the yep. whitest human of all time, <laughs> yep. and it was maybe the greatest entertainment I have ever seen. You drop him in there, well, I think Bleacher Report had him, just random acts happening in front of him like he was Simon Cowell, mm -hmm. and just his natural reaction, whatever. Every time, hilarious. So whenever you hear him start telling personal stories and open up a little bit about everything that has happened to him and the teams that he's been on, it's been fascinating. He talked about Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound like he had a great relationship with Pete Carroll. No. Even though he went back and played for him again. Mm -hmm. After he left to go to play for yeah. Oakland, he went back and played for Seattle. It doesn't sound like they were best friends. Doesn't sound like they didn't have any uh, ill will towards each other. But it was certainly something that wasn't close. And him and Russell Wilson was obviously something that a lot of people were paying attention to whenever he started talking about it, he said that basically he tried to be a teammate of Russell Wilson. And there was a game where Russell Wilson didn't play well. He was supposed to play well. It didn't go great. Instead, Marshawn won off. Marshawn had a couple of tuds and one crazy. And he said immediately after the game, he was trying to call Russell Wilson. Had to go through a couple people to get Russell Wilson's number. He didn't get Russell Wilson's number. Russell Wilson called him. The number was blocked. Does that mean Russell Wilson's number is private, which some people have? Probably. But for whatever reason, Marshawn Lynch wasn't able to just get Russell Russell Wilson's number immediately. And they were teammates in Marshawn Lynch's Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. It's not like this is just some, you know, 53rd guy on the roster is going to get cut next week. So I think that was an indicator. But then Russell Wilson was completely oblivious to the fact that he didn't have a good game. And Marshawn Lynch was like, hey, I'll get your back anytime you have this type of thing. Whenever I'm down, I expect you to get my back. And Russell was just like kind of dismissive of it. Then in that same interview, Marshawn Lynch told a story about Aaron Rodgers, his freshman year at Cal, lying to coaches for Marshawn Lynch to get his back and about how he's like the great, like greatest teammate. Yeah. Pretty much he's the only reason why he even got his opportunity at Cal. It's just anytime you start hearing these real stories about people, you can't help but judge them. Like this Russell Wilson stuff Man. is wild to me. I don't know how we got to this point. I don't know why you would do that with Marshawn. And that had to be pretty early in his career. And it all... It wasn't until like last year it all started getting talked about publicly. I hope he gets to hear this stuff and kind of continue to change. But it's like I've never been around anybody like Russell Wilson, I think. And on the flip side, I don't think anybody would have expected to hear that story about Aaron Rodgers. Russ won't hear it. Uh, team, three will fil team three filters all of this out. Russ doesn't hear any of this. But at this point, it's very, very believable uh, what Marshawn is saying because now – after he left, yeah, Marshawn. Yeah. I don't think Marshawn knows how to lie. No, no which no, no, would no. help him sometimes. Yeah, I, agree. Yeah, but, I, I, but like, there's been 
numerous and numerous reports about Russell's time in Seattle now coming out and kind of the lead up to last year's opener when it was Broncos and Seahawks yep. and all that stuff coming out. And I've never heard a teammate. I, maybe there was one that came out that had his back, but there's not a lot going on there. I think it's just him and the team Denver Broncos guys got his back when sure. he was doing the high still knees there right. last year. And they said, "Man, there's so much bullish being talked about, Russ or whatever." I forget the exact quote, but yeah, this add Marshawn Lynch, I guess, to yeah. the list of people that are like, "Yeah, there was some stuff up there where I this guy not team like." It's interesting because his entire mantra is team guy. Yeah, exactly. Positive and it seems guy, very genuine. And it does. And I, I'm a fan of Russ. I think Russ has had a lot of success. I think he's trying to be a movie character of what a quarterback is for a long time. I think Sean Payton's trying to change that. But the movie character of a quarterback is a guy that is Kurt Warner in Bingo. Yeah. American, what, underdog. American underdog. American yeah. underdog, where it's like you feel obligated to be teammates and friends with people and go to places. Like that's what a movie quarterback is. So this kind of contradicts. So I think the image that Russell Wilson has tried to put out, which I don't like. No. I don't like it one bit. Yeah, definitely not. And it is weird, but I, I don't think it's like a maybe anymore. It, it, they did not like him in Seattle, especially the Super Bowl team. Now, maybe it changed after that, but the Super Bowl team, Pete Carroll talked about how important it was last year to the game. To Tony was just talking about yeah. the opening night Sunday night football where, you know, McManus and the whole timeout situation, all that. Pete Carroll talked about how important it was to get this win, you know, obviously for the guys on the team because some were traded from Denver to Seattle, but he talked about how important it was for the old guys. and the, the guys that were here. The guys that were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the quote. So it, it, you hear this from Marshawn, then you go back and you think about all the stuff that has been said. Definitely, we're not the biggest fans of Russ in Seattle. And then Denver last year, it was quiet for a while. And then, to your point, he gave that whole uh, press conference, I forget after which game, but where he got like worked up emotionally about it because they asked him post-game about how his you know teammates finally stood up for him. But it was weird how long it took. Because yeah. it, it, it was... We didn't hear any of this when he was at Seattle. Didn't hear anything, And no. it was because, like, how successful I, I guess yeah, they were. It wasn't until Team 3 said something the night before he went on Dan Patrick. Yeah. Team three made a statement about Russell wanting to be traded, I believe, and something about the offensive line. Mm -hmm. And then Russ was on Dan Patrick's show the next day, who we got massive respect for, obviously. And Dan Patrick asked him about it, and he doesn't say – like, Team 3 is employed by him. Yeah. They make this statement. He goes, uh, they're saying what they're – and then anonymous sources <laughs> yeah. start coming out on Pete Carroll's side. Why? And that kind of, like, blindsided all of us. I'm thinking, oh, whoa. Then they had that full, he's back, he's traded, the Bears wanted him, and then they're not, and mm -hmm. then – it's interesting the more and more we hear. Anytime Marshawn Lynch is uh, speaking, we're going to listen, though. Well, I think part of it, too, is like you always talk about like the locker room being like a melting pot and like how you know all these people from different cultures and different parts of the U.S. come together and they would never otherwise be friends, but mm -hmm. because of what like the, the common goal they have, that, that they come together. It's also possible that like some of those guys, like, guess what? They're just way too different. Like, and Marshawn probably tried a couple sure. times, like, that story. I, hey, I tried to reach out to him. I tried to call him. It didn't work out. Screw this guy. Like, I'm not putting any – like, <laughs> yes, we're teammates. We're in the same building. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I'm, and it's not going to be awkward when we're around each other. But, like, outside of these walls, like – we don't, we don't need anything to do with you. Marshawn said, I was having a party at my house, actually. He, he Whenever I called him, and I wonder if Marshawn was like calling him to invite him to the party. Yeah. He was like, had the linebackers there, had wide receivers there. He said the kickers were there. He said, like, everybody is at my house except for Russ, and it's, like, fascinating. Well, remember, remember when everyone showed up at his birthday party. Okay. Tony, you've been a hater, though. Yeah. That, that's what people need to remember. Wow. We will continue to watch Russell's story, and we hope this – 
second act here in yeah. Denver with Sean Payton and everybody goes well, but we're learning a lot about that Legion of Boom team mm. that had a hell of a run. They were at Dynasty there for a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Every very story fun. is very warranted to listen to. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, is a man who we're all massive fans of. He's not only been the voice of college football for 28 years, but now he's the voice of Thursday Night Football. Hell yeah! He alongside Al Michaels kickoff each NFL week on Prime. Ladies and gentlemen, the ever-handsome current president President of Ohio, mm. former quarterback and all-time leader in home runs at Centerville High School. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, Kirk Herbstreit. What's up, buddy? What's up? How we doing, guys? Hey, real quick. Real quick. You look good this year, dude. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that. You did, doesn't he? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Super thin, super young. Can tell. Like the suits, you have to, you've had to get a brand new set of suits, I assume. You're a whole new body this year, Kirk. You should be very proud. Congratulations. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, well, I'm trying to stay up with you. You're getting stronger and I'm getting skinnier. Yeah. So uh I'm just trying to I'm just trying to stay in shape. Yeah, but as coach, it gets it gets tougher as you get older. What are you, 30 now? You, you'll you'll know. You'll know as you get older. Bro, I'm yeah. 36, but you remember what I used to do to my body. I'm like 57. Yeah. You know, it's all going to happen. <laughs> Chuck, though, Chuck's on that Peloton every morning, right? Isn't that your thing? I can tell. I know. Yeah. I know. He's in great shape. Uh-huh. Coach, how you doing, man? Big I'm, fan. Doing great, Herbie. Big fan of yours as Don't well. Don't be so nervous, Chuck. Come on. <laughs> He's Kirk, just Kirk. a guy. He's scared to talk to you. How big of a celebrity you are, Kirk. Yep. No, that's the guy right there. I love his old Miami stories. He was there back in the glory days. I love listening to those. Special teams guy back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He used to come talk shit to me in the middle of punt period and tell me how many <laughs> punts they blocked. You guys blocked a lot of punts back then, didn't you? 39, 59 games. Yes. Yeah. It helped to have guys like Ed Reed. Yeah. 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 Turnover machine. All right. Let's talk about tonight's game, shall we, Herbie? Like, just looking from outside in, six points doesn't feel like enough, but I guess the commanders have their own set of issues going on every single game that kind of pop up out of nowhere. Uh, the Chicago Bears on fire in your research. Behind, have you got to talk to numerous people, I assume, for this game? And what's the messaging about what's Because it's loud right now around Chicago, Herbie. What are you hearing? It's, it, it's hard. I mean, it, it's, it is what it is. 14 straight off to a rough start this year. Um, you know, I, I think it's taken a toll on Justin. You know, I think he's trying to stay positive. If you can read his body language during games, you know, they, they played their hearts out last week, came up short, you know, had a big lead, looked like, wow, this is going to be their big win, maybe get them going. And and then, you know, Denver comes back and ends up winning that game. And, and I think it just, the way they lost the game, I think also really hurts them. So, here they short week. You know, that's one thing about me, guys, you know, these – I always have these short week games, and Chuck can tell you, coaches and players, I'm just like, every time I talk to one of these coaches, I'm like, you know, I apologize. I know it's a short week. You know, I mean, they just lost a heartbreaker, and it's already Monday, and they're already behind getting ready for this game. So um, in this case, maybe it comes at a good time because they need to get back out there and try to win a football game. But I'm – I'm more optimistic on Washington than, than maybe others. You know, I, I, I think the defensive front obviously is going to keep them in a lot of games. Uh, they're still trying to figure things out at linebacker. The back end has some athletes. You know, Manuel Forbes had a rough game last week. Who doesn't against A.J. Brown? But I, I don't know how much you guys are watching Sam Howe and, and what uh, Eric Bieniemy is doing, but they're, they're, they're showing signs of, of having – I think an offense that can really make some plays, and this kid 
plays with poise, man. And he's got a lot of playmakers around him. So I'm I'm excited to see what they can do tonight. And you look at their schedule these next three or four games. They get a win tonight. They could get on a little bit of a roll, and then they get Philly back here at home here at D.C. So Washington's a good-looking football team. Ron Rivera, as you guys know, obviously knows how to rebuild a – a, a, an entire roster, and they're heading in a good direction. I'll throw this at you, Pat. I'm going to see if you guys agree hey, with Coach it. Rivera has said some stuff publicly that's certainly inside voices, but I'm happy to hear that he's got the sound. You know what I mean? He said some outside yeah. voice stuff oh, yeah. that yeah. should be in yeah. here. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, they are yeah. rolling, and Sam Howell's got a hose. But what were your stats? Oh, he does. And and, and and he's got incredible poise. Let me let me throw this at you. As, as we watch these first-round quarterbacks um, – Every, it's a guessing game, right? It's and, and Chuck's been in those rooms. I mean, it's like throwing a dart. You're hoping you get the right guy. You're hoping it's an Andrew Luck type of guy. But a lot of times it's not. I mean, you look at the, the numbers, the first-round picks over the last, I don't know, 10 years, there's way more misses than hits. Way. So all of, a sudden you watch, all of a sudden you watch Brock Purdy, right? And you're like, here's Mr. Irrelevant, and he's working in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. And here's the one thing that he and Sam Howell have in common. A ton of reps in college. You know, Brock Purdy started four years at Iowa State, and all those reps comes in with zero pressure, ends up winning it. He's a great fit in what Kyle's doing. Now you look at Sam Howell, started three years, started his freshman year at North Carolina and was a three-year starter, played a lot of football games, had a lot of great moments, had a lot of tough moments. My point is he was he was calloused. He went through a lot. Comes into to D.C., no one expects much of him. Carson Wentz there, no pressure. Ends up eventually getting a starting uh, game against Dallas, last game of the year. Showed enough that Ron Rivera said in January, that's my guy moving forward. I think a lot of the media was like, what? That's your guy? Fifth rounder? You're going with him? Ends up earning it by the second preseason game against the Ravens. They announced, okay, he's won. He held off Jacoby Brissett. And my point is, is this the future? Is this the future looking for that guy in the fourth round, the fifth round? that has played a ton of college football, but you're not rolling the dice and setting the franchise back if it implodes on you and you miss on that first pick, second pick, third pick. I don't know. I, I'm wondering if the NFL copycat league, if if more teams won't go that route. You look at Sam Howe and Brock Purdy at the combine there in Indy, you're not going to be like, holy cow, we got to have these guys. They're just They're just gritty, smart, uh, process quickly, and they're distributors. They get the ball to the playmakers, and they do it in a quick fashion. I just want—I'm just wondering, asking Coach and you guys if if that might become more of a trend than uh, these two guys maybe getting that thing started. So I think Tom Brady picked 199, right? I mean, yeah. so like, yeah. there's always going to be the hope that that guy is there. Russell Wilson, I think, was in there. Third, Dak third Prescott, round. I think, yep. was also, yeah. and you can kind of do third. that. Kirk Cousins was drafted after RG3. Was it third round? Third round as well. Third yeah. round, he was drafted in there. So what I think you're leading to, though, copycat league, I don't know if guys are going to be searching for like fourth, fifth rounders to be their guys, but I think number of reps in college is going to start becoming a little bit more of oh, an yeah. important factor in like deciding who's your guy. For, we can go to this. We can pivot right off this game and go, C.J. Stroud's joining us in about an hour and a half or so here on this particular program. He played a lot of Ohio State, right? A lot of massive games, yeah. a lot of plays, yeah. a lot of situations, especially with those Ohio State fans on what they say, how they operate, the expectations, the big lights, the prime time. And it's like he stepped into this NFL now. He's unconscious, yeah. dude. He, he this is yeah. His stats right now, 
Uh, and obviously he's a first rounder, but played a lot of football to your point. He's on pace for 5,151 yards and 26 touchdowns. Joins Mahomes, Rodgers, Breeze, and Manning, and Brady with 300 pass yards per game and zero interceptions in their first four games. Pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty good comparison. So it's like – and, and, and you know what? Your, your point about what he went through at Ohio State, they lost to Oregon one of his first uh, starts. And Ohio State, just like Kyle McCord, they're, they're, their fans were ready to throw him in the trash. And he took that really <laughs> hard. But to experience that, right? I mean, he was he was depressed. He was like, quite, you know, he wanted to get off Twitter, wanted you know, not deal with it. But he fought through that storm. And I just think to your point about when guys go through not so much the wins, the national championships, that's the easy part. But it's the guys that go through the crap, the guys that have to go through some grind and have to deal with it and cope with it and learn to cope with it. You get to the NFL, that's that's your world weekly. You know, one week you're a hero, the next week you're a goat. And to me, I, I think you're you're right. And that's my, really my point about these these guys. I'm not saying you're looking for a fourth or fifth rounder. I'm just saying maybe you're willing to take that guy in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round that, that has played a lot of football, that maybe doesn't have the fanfare. Your fans aren't going to get real excited that you picked him. But maybe there's, there's a place on, on the roster to take a chance on some of those guys. Experience is something you can't gain at a combine, obviously. No, absolutely not. But to your point, Herbie, right there, if you pass on – you know, right. these guys that we build up, you know, in, in the media. Right. And we don't take them. And then the guy, the team right behind you takes them. And then they end up, you know, winning a Being Super judged. Bowl. You're fired. And then yeah. they, they end yeah. up, you're, you're, you're freaking gone. You know, so maybe yeah. the formula is, you know, you're going to take that guy. You're still going to go after that guy. But maybe we, maybe we do like Sam Fran did. Maybe we take a Brock Purdy. You know, if we have an extra pick, all these uh, compensatory picks that, that you get, maybe you go find that guy. It's interesting to think about how all the politics of it all kind of weighs in. Because if you take a guy ahead of a guy, for instance, he goes, great, yeah, you're an idiot, you're fired. But if that person's terrible, right, and you yeah. take that, you're the genius. But there's a lot more fourth and fifth round quarterbacks that have You talk about first rounders that have missed. There's fourth and fifth round quarterbacks that have been gone through the NFL so quickly as well. It's just finding the guy is difficult. You think Sam Howe, though. It sounds like you think Sam Howe. And if you remember last year... The re reason why I got to start there at the last game of the year is because Taylor Heineke said, this is what – he said, you know what? Hey, I've started enough games, mm -hmm. okay? You guys have seen what I do. I get my new pair of Jordans. You need to give this Sam Howe guy an opportunity. And then they were like, all right, you don't want to start? Yeah, you're going to be gone from our team, but we'll put Sam Howe in there. And Taylor Heineke, who obviously another guy that we're referring to had success as a quarterback after playing a lot of football in college, he when we asked him about that at Super Bowl, he was like – watching Sam Howe every day of practice in the locker room, how he operates. He said, I felt bad that this guy was not getting an opportunity. So, like, he just handed his opportunity off to him. And now got Ron Rivera saying, shit, if I knew he was that good, we would have played him a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, that's, once again, inside voice. Inside mm -hmm. voice, not to be, need to be outside voice. But does Sam have it to go on a run, you think? And do the boys believe in Sam Howe? It feels like they do. That's a great Great question, and I think we just got our answer in the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, they played Buffalo. Couldn't have gone any worse. Sacked nine times, threw four interceptions. Think about that. You're a fifth-round pick last year. You're trying to prove yourself to your boys. And the Buffalo game, it was a disaster all the way around, but everyone always looks at the quarterback. Nine sacks, four interceptions. Now you got Philly, right? I mean, of all teams you got to play against that defensive line coming off a nine-sack game, what does he do? 
He absolutely competes his ass off and showed, I think, his teammates a lot. According to the guys we talked to this week, he maybe won his team over, even though they lost the game, in that performance because of what happened the week before against Buffalo. They were blown away by his composure. And if you watch that game, at the end of the game, you know, their rookie corner gives up a touchdown on a stutter and go with a minute 43 to go. You're thinking, oh, man, they're going to lose. And they come back without any timeouts. He, if you watch that drive, you're, you're sitting there watching the game like, hurry, hurry, hurry. He's out there just as composed and calm as he can be, leads them right down the field, ends up hitting Dotson uh, on, the, on a tying touchdown. We all thought, were they going to go for two? Are they going to kick the extra point? They ended up kicking the extra point. But the point was to watch him execute that two-minute offense against the Philadelphia defense, a team that was in the Super Bowl, the best team in their division in the NFC last year, and to look like he's been there his whole life. I, I think that's what gets you excited. Now, he's not perfect. I mean, they're still growing. They, they, they still up front are, are kind of piecing it together. I feel like they're still gelling. we got a new system with Eric Bieniemy, So it's still a work in process. How's he? I'm just hey, saying, how is Bieniemy when you talk to him? Because I've only heard him speak a couple times, and it's not he's not a public speaker, I don't think. How was the conversations no, with him about football? Yeah, no, he's uh, he he's basically brought the 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 Kansas City system to to Washington. I mean, that, that's that's what he's trying to do. In fact, talking to Sam about it, he said he has studied so much of of Patrick Mahomes, not comparing himself to Mahomes, but just trying to understand. Oh, on this play, this is where he's looking. This is the read. He, he's a gym rat. You know, he's a film guy that loves to to prep. Uh, Peyton would be proud of him as, as much of a film junkie as he is. And I think enemy and he have kind of become kind of joined at the hip here on what they're trying to do. I think the is a massive fan of the potential of what Sam Howell can do. And I think they feel like they're just kind of scratching the surface of, uh, of getting the ball out there. You think about it. You got Terry McLaurin, who's, we all know what he's capable of doing and, and, and how, how uh, he's become one of the better receivers in the league. Uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, Dotson, who's outstanding. I think this Brian Robinson, a young guy out of Alabama showing physicality. He's showing a little bit more, I feel like a little more twitch and juice when he gets the ball out on the perimeter. So they got some weapons. And I think what they've been looking for is just a guy that can process and get the ball out. And uh, keep this in mind now. They've been sacked more than anybody else in the league. You know, they follow that nine sack game up with another five sacks last week. Now, the good news is the Bears have two sacks all year. They have, they're the dead last in the entire league and in, in, in getting sacks. from here. So that should be a problem. <laughs> Maybe tonight. not. But, uh, but not. Uh, I, I do think I do think uh, Howe and, and this offense uh, have a chance. And, and Biennemi, you know, it, there was a lot of fanfare, a lot of hype when he got brought over. Uh, and a lot of people felt he's ready to become a head coach. But I think uh, I think what he does and what this offense does will go a long way in him trying to achieve that goal. Speaking of the enemy, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Kirk, in the offseason, uh, I believe it was Ron Rivera who actually came out and mentioned how players were going to see Ron Rivera about how Biennemi was a little too hard on the team. Now, there was some sort of leadership council, and there was a few different things, but did he mention any of that? And like, how hard was it hit for him early on in the entire tenure with the commanders to like – kind of instill the offensive culture, if you will, that he was bringing from Kansas City that you just talked about? Well, I, I think uh, anytime you have success, you know, with the pro, the franchise that you are a part of, and now you come over and, and you do it your way, he, you know, he's not one to pull any punches in the way he communicates. You know, he, he has a, a certain way of he wants things done. Um, I, I think that 
like any change, it's a little bit of trial and error for coaches and players. You're learning a new voice. You're learning a new system. Um, and you're used to a certain way of, of that being communicated to you. But I think anytime, again, the, the system works, if you just follow what I'm trying to tell you, it's going to work. Uh, there's a thousand percent buy-in from his quarterback. And I think the skill guys want, they just want to win. You know, these guys, yeah. they're, they're in a really tough division. If the guy's going to be tough on them, if it helps them be able to go out there and win, I think they're starting now, now about four weeks in on their fifth week. I think now they're starting to see the potential of what this offense can do. Um, I, I think they're, I, I didn't sense any of that at all. I, I think I just sensed that this team is, even though they're coming off a couple losses, I, I still think they're they're sensing that this thing has a chance to be pretty good. Do you remember how all of us reacted to that comment? First of all, that was another outside voice that should have been inside voice. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that two-point conversion where he said they were gassed, outside voice should have been inside voice. Yeah. Like Coach Rivera, yeah. just all these coaches have these thoughts, but it's just like we don't all need to hear them. But whenever he talked about, yeah, they're saying the enemy's coaching too hard, every former NFL guy was like, oh, boo-hoo. What? You guys suck. Why don't you figure it out? You know, it almost made like the enemy more well-liked. I'm happy to hear that Sam Howe's all in. Hopefully they're able to figure it all out. Let's pivot to college, shall we, Herbie? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. God, do you see the jawline? Looks incredible. Look at that Adam's apple. Herbie, how old How old are you? How old are you? How old are you? 54? Wow. Wow. We're like 45, wow. brother. You know they got these uh, old-ass bachelor now. Did you see this? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Golden bachelor. From Indiana. They're golden. Golden bachelor yeah. there. Not old. You know bachelor. what I mean? I don't know what the triple A... <laughs> Double AR. What is the AARP? There yeah. it is. I don't know when that starts. I think you're near there. You don't look anything like Herbie. You look phenomenal, pal. You need to know that. I give my mom. I give my mom all the credit for that. My mom. My mom's 82 and she looks 65. You know, so I'm 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 lucky. I I, I got oh. blessed with genes for my mom. Okay. Shout out. But doing? also with the eat? guy that I didn't shave. I didn't shave. I don't think until I was. 22 or three. Oh, I was like, I'm just always, I'm just always baby face. Baby Kirk. Face. Oh, baby, baby face. That's all they yeah. ever. And what are you doing? Diet? Something completely new diet wise, workout wise. What is it? Now? I, I'm trying not to eat a lot of pizza and, uh, and food. When I get oh. during, I do pretty well in the off season, <laughs> dude, when I get into the season oh, yeah. and I'm traveling the way I'm traveling, I'm just trying to, Part of just trying to survive is you eat anything whenever. I mean, it could be halftime of a night. If one of the, you should see, I've told you about Al at halftime, what he, what he does. You know, on Saturday night halftime, we're, they throw us a few Twix bars and, you know, here's a receipt. Here's, here's, might get a, you might get a Chick-fil-A uh, spicy thrown at you. Oh, real treat. But, yeah, that, that's like on a bonus week. But, but on, on Thursday night. It's almost like fine dining. I told you, it's white tablecloth. You know, you, you get behind. You were there in oh, yeah. Seattle. You get behind there, and he's got the white tablecloth. And, and instead of plastic silverware, he's got real silverware. They wow. always got him a steak, mashed potatoes. We got like eight minutes to eat, you know. And he's he is just, he. I mean, it's it's a very different thing. So, you know, I'm just trying to do whatever I can. I'm being much better this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm off to a good start hey. trying, to, trying to maintain it. Hey, Al's got to figure it out. You know what I mean? 
Oh. Whole buddy. Yeah. I was going to figure it out. And I think, like, when I was at the WWE, uh, you see, like, some of the guys that have been around a long time because they travel a lot and their eating schedules. And then they, like, stay in their pocket a little bit. Like, well, how do these people do this? And it's like, oh, you can prepare like that and think like that. You can ask for that. Okay, got it. But, you but, you getting to see how Michael's like, this guy's got ribeye. Yeah. I love steak. At halftime. But, but, but he, 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 I can't follow his lead because he doesn't touch a vegetable. We go to dinner last night here in D.C. and – he gets he, all he eats is steak. You know he won't yeah. touch a vegetable. Beast. He he, uh, he eats steak and you know if they bring him a salad, I think he had some lobster bisque and and I, I'm just like uh, uh, you know I, 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 I had I had tuna at a steakhouse. I had tuna, oh, so no. I'm trying to, again trying to stay in line. Oh, right. man, you're the president of Ohio what right now. Don't, this is inside voice. We do not need to say that. Outside. Let's move on. That don't oh, say God. that. I appreciate you having tuna. I'm not against people eating fish, but we don't need the president of Ohio currently nope. saying. <laughs> Went to a steak place last night. <sighs> Couldn't wait to order the tuna. Tuna right. was good. All right, did you work, did you get ketchup with that thing too? You Ohio? Yeah. Is it, did you get ketchup? I, I did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> now you're back. We're back. Okay. I thought you lost your Ohio. Let's go to college. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, I'm flustered because, yeah. I mean, Herbie, just hearing that you ate tuna at a steak. With ketchup, though. With ketchup. <laughs> Steak's not bad. bad. Like, like, with ketchup, though. Like, like, that that doesn't make it any better. Yeah, but he, like, tilapia, <laughs> like tuna. I was eating that shit in college when I had eight cents in my bag. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was yeah, bumblebee. But, but he cut the tuna's yuppiness with ketchup on mm, top of it ketchup. at the steak. Tuna's not yuppy. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say. The, the, at their place? Homeless In fact, I dipped it into the to the table's ketchup. Like, it was the I just started. That's, I'm just, to the table. Al Michael's so disgusted. Al Michael's so disgusted. I couldn't even fathem. You two are a good yeah. team. You're a funny team. Yeah. You two. We're having a blast. We're having a blast, man. Chemistry's good. He's a great guy. A couple weeks ago, you asked him about his golf game, and he was just not having it. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. No, he not having it. He loves it. He no, loves it. You said, what? Uh, this looks like your golf game. And then he had to call something else. And then you're like, how is the golf game? And it's like, yeah, we'll talk about that yeah. first. Pike <laughs> down. It was, I think I texted you immediately, like, golf game, good yeah. combo. <laughs> I love you. All right. Anyways. Let's move past the order yep. at the steakhouse. Yep. Embarrassing Ohio. Yep. And game day, by the way. And our program. Yeah, yeah. I get impeached now. Yeah, of Ohio, potentially. You and A.J. Hawk, the current co-presidents. How's A.J. going to feel? Oh, he's going to hate it. Have to go to, going to have to go to war now. Anyways, let's move on with the conversation. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Herbie, it seems to be a foregone conclusion that uh, Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick in the draft. I don't know if that's actually the case, but do you buy that – you know, because of NIL money, uh, he might go back to USC if he doesn't like who's at the top of the draft, like acting like if he's the number one over pick, uh, overall pick, he's going to be playing for Circus Peanuts in the NFL, and he won't be able to make that with NIL. But, like, it, does that make any sense? That's not going to happen, right? Dude, I, I don't know. We live in such a new world. He said five teams. Who are they? The, 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 what do, who do you say? Vegas and Dallas and San Fran and I, I can't remember the teams. I, I've never heard anybody come out and just say that. Minnesota, you know. But that's that's kind of where we are now. I, I, who are we to not believe that? Last time I checked, though, teams trade up, right? I mean, teams trade to get to that number one spot to get their opportunity to take a Caleb Williams. So I mean, it's it's hard to say if you go by the end of the season. You know, hey, Carolina has the first pick or the Bears have the first pick. And for him to potentially pull himself out and say, I'm going to stay at SC, we'd love that in the college game. 
um, because he's so much fun to watch. But I, I'd be surprised if that ended up happening. But I have no idea what he makes at SC. you, you got to believe it's pretty good. Um, but uh, think about just the idea of NIL yeah, but putting a player in a position to think about staying in college because he doesn't want to go to one of these terrible franchises in his mind, and he wants to just stay until – you know, I'll I'll come back the next year, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if he'll 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 end up doing it, but it's remarkable that he came out and said that, or somebody came out. Yeah, and said it's a that rumor. Thing. He allegedly said it, and I think there's a couple things there just to play devil's advocate. Don't want to, but have to. Uh, like you, then you're delaying a year until you can get that two hundred million dollar contract yep. that the mm-hmm. NFL has that I don't think NIL will have. So if you're thinking five years, four years ahead, you're delaying that yeah. a little bit. On the flip yeah. side though, you come back, you make money, you get hurt, you still made money. You know, like the big fear if you were to come back to college is if you're a top three pick, why are you gonna blow the chance to change your entire life, your entire family tree, everything, and they go back and get hurt. Sam Bradford almost happened to. There's a couple mm-hmm. other guys that almost happened to. It's like at least he's making money, which I'm happy for, but he's gonna get drafted to a terrible franchise. Like that, hey, hey, that's how this goes in the NFL. The reason why they're drafting you, guess what? Their quarterback either retired or stinks. Since their quarterback stinks or is retired, guess what? Their team stinks. Yeah. That is why they are drafting you. So he's delaying the inevitable, I think, if that's the case. Yeah. But he's also delaying yeah. a Two hundred million dollar payday, at least. Who knows what it will be? Right. True. Four or five years from now, two hundred fifty. Yeah. So, but I do appreciate that NIL is saving guys from potentially getting screwed with an injury late and never getting their big payday. How about Utah? Yeah. How about what Utah just did with all those trucks? Brilliant. Unreal. Absolutely brilliant. I love everything about that, Herbie. Yeah, that that was that was pretty cool. I, I just saw that yesterday myself. Um, I, yeah, there you go. How about that? Very cool. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I think the NIL has been great. NIL has been fantastic. I, I, I think there are aspects of it that a lot of us don't quite understand. You know, when it comes to when it comes to Caleb Williams being able to weigh his decisions, if that's what he's doing, that that's kind of cool. Utah getting trucks for all their players, that's amazing. Love it, but. As Chuck can tell you, the, the idea of Alabama or some of the big boys saying, hey, Southern Miss, we need a left tackle. We'll take that sophomore All-American. We'll, we'll take him from you. Or Miami of Ohio, sorry about that uh, That receiver. We'll take him. Like poaching players uh, off of smaller programs makes no sense to me. Uh, bribing high school players with NIL money makes no sense to me. But part, But this part of it, when you earn an opportunity to be Caleb Williams – and you can get your name, image, and likeness can put a lot of money in your pocket. That is what NIL is about, and that's that's great that he's in that position. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 it'd be amazing if that ended up happening. But we'll have to we'll have to wait and see till the draft. Do you think transfer portal and NIL is the reason for the parity of college football this season? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with it. Um, if all you have to do is when you know, like when when you put your board together and you start to look at the rosters. And you start to look at Texas and Oklahoma, for example, this week, and you, you look at the guys that uh, were not on these rosters a year ago. I mean, Oklahoma, they had a really, really tough year in Brent Venable's first year as a head coach at Oklahoma. And he had a year to get better. I think he has 42 new players this year, much like we Damn. saw with USC a couple years ago. And we see with Dion. And, you know, it's, it's made them a team where they're undefeated and they're, they got big hopes. And a lot of you start going through. And it's not huge, high-profile transfers but it's guy one guy from hawaii one guy from wake forest it's a guy from notre dame and their their defensive line went from a weakness to now 
a, a strength. They have 10, 11, 12 guys that they rotate. So, yeah, I, I think that that's an example. Texas was what Sark's done. If you if you look at their roster, that they, they kind of put in a couple guys that, that have made a major difference. So I just let me just say, as a college football guy my whole life, you know, it, it, I, I love the big brands, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson, all that. But how cool is it that we now have Washington, Oregon, uh, Florida State, Texas, back, back. Michigan, Penn State? I mean, you got all these teams back. that are throwing their hat into the ring. West Virginia, back. all these teams that, that, are, uh, that, are, <laughs> that are competing to try to have a shot to get to a, a championship. I think it's fantastic. Right now, usually it's a foregone conclusion, okay, Alabama's in, Georgia's in, Ohio State's or Michigan's in. Who's the fourth team going to be? And right now, dude, it's wide ass open. open. Yeah. Anybody, anybody can make it Make it right now. You just rattled off all those schools there. You know what those schools are, and I just pieced this together before we move on because Chuck has a question for you, and he is, you know, he was nervous to talk to you earlier, so I couldn't True. even fathom how excited he is for this. But, like, all those schools, their alumni used to the teams being good from back in the day. Yeah. Now they can actually have a say on if the team's good with their money, with their pocket, mm. with everything like that. So all these schools that used to be great, they, their alumni still expect that every single year. And it's like, well, why don't you ante up? And it's like, I think a lot of these places are. You know, like Penn State, that tradition up there, you think those dudes were happy just sucking in it being Ohio State and Michigan's Big Ten for, what, the last 10 years pretty much? No way. They're like, let's go. Let's go. Let's get to work. It's. I think it's a beautiful thing, but there is going to have to be guardrails because what you're saying about poaching I, is a real deal. I, I will say this. Penn State has not – I know your West Virginia guys sucked over the last 10 years. They've been this close. They just needed a player too. Um, now, 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 Results-oriented. I apologize. Results-oriented, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Florida State has sucked, and, and Texas, and some of these other ones. Miami of Florida, a lot of those teams have been way off the grid. So uh, it, it's great to see them back. Yeah, West Virginia's back, too. Huh? That felt good coming out of your mouth, or what? Yeah, they good. are. They are. I apologize. They, they are looking great. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> Let's go Mountaineers, yeah. ears, but they've won me that super dog. Uh, That's a little yeah. bit too much talk about Chuck, West Virginia, right? <laughs> all right, all right, easy. Uh, Jesus, Chuck has a question for you, Herbie. So let's stay out west, Herbie. Um, SC, watching them uh, last week against Colorado, they've got Arizona this weekend, right? I think they're 21-and-a-half-point favorites. Then they got Notre Dame. Okay, so two things. All right, do we think Arizona's good enough to, to hang in there? Because uh, they're going to overlook them a little bit and, and, and oh. be thinking about Notre Dame. And what in the hell is wrong with SC's defense? That, that is really, really hard to watch. And we're talking about NIL. We're talking about the portal. Lincoln Riley, ton of respect for him, what he's done on offense. I don't know who runs the defense. I don't know that, that gentleman, that coach. Um, I'm sure he's, he's really good. Do they just lack talent on that side of the ball? Because – it's going to cost him in that program a chance to, you know, go to the, the final four, or the, you know, the playoffs, if you will, Same and, and, last year and have, a, have a chance to, to win a national championship. It ain't going to happen with that defense. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, I'll say this. First of all, Arizona can score, um, and and the, you know they have an offense and a quarterback that can put points on the board. So the fact that they can do that with the defense you're referring to. I don't think they're going to beat SC, but it wouldn't be shocking to me if it's one of those, you know, kind of a typical game with SC where they, they're going to score 45 to 50 with Caleb and they're going to try to hold their opponent, you know, under under 30. Uh, it, it's that kind of uh, season, I think, so far for SC. 
But it was, as Pat yelled in the background there, it was that way last year. And, and it really, if you go back to Lincoln's days when he took over for Bob and, and, and Norman, it was kind of that way uh, even when they were getting to the playoff. They had Kyler Murray and some teams that were really electric offensively, and they just, they just didn't have the personnel. So it's easy to look at Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator at SC, and say, what's his problem? What's he doing? But I, I haven't studied SC's roster this year the way I will when I get ready to do one of their games. But I, I can just tell you that if you look at the five stars and you look at the difference makers and you look at the offense versus the defense, at least when he was at Oklahoma, there was a pretty big difference between what they had to work with offensively and what they had to work with on the defensive side. That, that was how it was at Oklahoma. Now he's only in his second year and he's trying to recruit D linemen. They're trying to get better and they got to they got to fast forward that obviously when they get ready for the Big Ten uh, games week in and week out. But it's it's concerning, and it really makes you think Washington and Oregon yeah. in that deep that deep conference of uh, the Pac-12 are the are the two best teams. Uh, even though Caleb Williams and SC can score, I don't know yet if they're a complete team. And Oregon and Washington play next week in Seattle, which would be in a, probably the game of the week. Hopefully, game day will make our way out there. I don't know what the deal is there, but I hope we go out there. And I think I'm going to be calling that game uh, on ABC. So oh, nice. that's uh, that, that, that. Those two teams are going to be going head to head, and I think they deserve all the attention that they get. But SC's got work to do on that side of the ball. Yeah, SC, Oregon, Washington, Washington State's got a wagon. Yep. Oregon State's got a wagon. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, Herbie? We appreciate the hell out of you. Good luck tonight. We can't wait to hear you on the call. All right, boys. Great to see you, man. Keep up the great work. You too. Face looks younger and younger every second. Uh, joining us now is a man who's live in an attic in Ohio. He's the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, a COVID survivor, the other president of Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. AJ. AJ, how you doing, pal? Great. I, uh, you guys giving Kirk a hard time for eating some tuna at a steakhouse? It's nice tuna, guys. It's not the little bumblebee tuna in a can. No, I agree. But, like, going to a steak place and all you meat, like, I always struggle with that. You know what I mean? Like, when I'm there, I look at the menu. Yeah. And I see steakhouse at the top of it. Yep. And I eat steak. Yeah. Love it. And then I also think it's like a thing, isn't it? It's kind of, it feels like a thing. Like when you don't order steak at a steakhouse, doesn't it feel like a thing? You don't think so? Yeah, it definitely feels like a thing, but you're not always the one that makes the decision on which restaurant you go to. Oh, so you think Kirk was like, oh, I had this I've, meat before. Uh, I am right. not doing the cows out of this kitchen that this particular restaurant has. I'm going to the sea. I'll take the tuna. And also, Kirk's an adult. He can do whatever he wants. That's true. That's why he looks so young. He looks so incredible. He's so thin this year. Like, his suits, he looks like an H&M model. Yeah. This guy, it's phenomenal to see what he's been able to do to himself. AJ, let's talk about tonight's game a little bit here before we're joined by Coach. Nick Saban. Obviously, tomorrow we'll be live in Texas reacting to tonight's action. Six-point favorites at home are the Commanders taking on the Bears. Here's the tail of the tape, okay? We got a tail of the tape graphic right here. Oh. 0-4, 2-2. Turnover margin's a big one. Minus six, the Chicago Bears, which is 26th in the league. Minus three is the Washington Commanders. And the Chicago Bears are currently on a 14-game losing streak. That has started since Chase Claypool got traded to the Chicago Bears. Get him out. I do believe. He is obviously healthy scratch, not at the building again this evening. Nope. This is the second game now since he said, uh, no, they ain't using me right around mm-hmm. here. So Justin Fields even acknowledged it and said something along the lines like, he knows he can't say that publicly. Like <laughs> yeah. That can't be happening. It's bad in Chicago. It's seemingly 
a building year with Biennemi and Sam Howell and the Commanders. How do you feel just early in the show here? Well, I mean, with what the, the Bears were able to do offensively last week and then let it, let it slip, slip away, sorry, uh, does have me worried a little bit, but I like Sam Howell. I like the cut of his jib, as you like to say, and I like what their offense is doing. I haven't made a pick yet, but I do like the Commanders early. Oh, Ooh. don't give away the picks yet. <laughs> okay, uh, that'll happen oh no. in oh the no. next hour. What's happening right now is an absolute honor. Okay, the man that is joining us is the outright goat in everybody's eyes at his profession. Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Alabama football team, Nick Saban. Yeah, coach! How we doing, guys? Hey, not as good as you look right now. How are we doing? Big win on the road in the SEC. What did you learn about your team this past weekend, coach? That's got to make you feel good in a rompous environment to get a big dub like that? Yeah, they showed a little resiliency. We didn't start out great in the game, but I like the way we progressed during the game and I uh, kept grinding, controlled the line of scrimmage, you know, played pretty decent in spots on defense. So got a bigger challenge this week. So it's always that way when you're playing in the SEC, especially when you're playing on the road. I heard Kirby Smart talk about that this morning or yesterday where he said, like, the depth of the SEC is getting questioned kind of this year more than it ever has in the past. But everybody that's in the SEC understands that from top to bottom, the league is stacked. Why do you think the narrative nationwide is kind of pivoting a little bit, you think, Coach? Well, I, I think that um, it's actually a little easier if you have, I'm going to say, an average team. Uh, because you have another way and another resource to bring players to your team. So, you know, if you have an average team, it's it's easier to get better faster because you have a transfer portal, almost like free agency in the NFL, where before you had to build your team from the bottom up with freshmen. Uh, so young guys coming in the program, which might have taken them two or three years to mature. And you still have the opportunity to recruit some good young players, so they also can contribute. So I, I just think that the the, the transfer portal uh, it offers an opportunity for people to improve more quickly. Yeah, I think it's happening everywhere, but I do like the fact that the SEC has heard what people have been saying about everybody else. It's like, why don't you come in the SEC? Hmm. Why are you, what you guys are, you know, everybody, why don't you come try life down here in the SEC? It'll always be respected. Go ahead, AJ Hawk. Coach, uh, you guys have A&M this weekend, and I'm just curious, like the – the opportunity your offense has. We know their defense. I hear a lot about their front seven and how they can get pressure. They stop the run, all of this stuff. How, how, how big of an opportunity is it for your offense, your offensive line, to kind of test themselves against a, a high-caliber team like this? Well, I certainly think this will be a, a, a great test for them uh, because they do have really, really good down guys. They've got lots of depth. Uh, they play a lot of guys. they got some really significant rushers. Uh, but these guys are really good at striking blocks up front, getting off people. Uh, they have a really good scheme on defense, so they do a lot of stunting, moving, pressuring you, creating negative plays. A good third down package where they're going to put six guys up there in the box and play man-to-man and put pressure on a quarterback. So this will be a challenge for our entire offensive team, but especially the offensive line, because I think if you can control the line of scrimmage, at least you can stay balanced and try to stay ahead of the sticks. You know, when I grade a game, it's always it's first and ten, did we make it second and six or less? Did we get it third and four or less so that you you don't have negative plays? Those negative plays create drive stoppers, and uh, that's what they've been really, really good at.
Staying on schedule is vital to any success in football, but let's talk about the schedule for Milrow. Last year, I believe his first game was against Texas A&M. Threw for three touchdowns. I think he also rushed for another 80. I think he's from the area, potentially, so it's a little bit of a, a homecoming. Now, now you've seen him have a big-time win on the road. You've seen what happened earlier in the season. Where are we in the Milrow development, and where are we in the offense being shaped around him as your quarterback, Coach? Now, I think we've had to make you know, some subtle changes uh, to feature things that he can do, uh, which I think he's responded to very well. And I think our entire offense has responded to well. I do think he's getting more and more comfortable and confident uh, in the passing game, anticipating things, uh, getting the ball out of his hand a little quicker. And of course, you know, his ability and his athleticism to, you know, create plays uh, is really a tremendous asset and puts a lot of pressure on the defense. So uh, I'm happy with, you know, the progress that we made, uh, not satisfied with where we can and, and, and want to be. Uh, but, you know, every day that we look at the film on Monday, uh, and I tell the players this all the time, you know, most of the time it's what we didn't do, not necessarily what the other team did uh, in terms of what is, you know, stopping us from getting better and better. Chuck Pagano used to call them self-inflicted negatives. Sins. Can't have them. Got to have more God. Tone has a question for you. Coach, when we were uh, in Alabama for the Texas game, we were kind of asking everybody on your sideline before the game like what we needed to know, and everyone kept saying that you guys have this stud freshman safety, Caleb Downs, who basically you should just start fitting a gold jacket for now is how they were, were talking about him. How do you now? You've had a lot of stud freshmen. Um, how do you do you treat them any differently when they're coming in like that? Uh, based on based on what you know they are and their potential future, and how uh, how awesome has he been for you? I believe he had 13 tackles last week in an inter, in interception. Yeah, he's played really really well for us. But uh, this guy is very mature uh, beyond his years. Uh, he doesn't play like a freshman. He doesn't prepare like a freshman. Kind of understands what it takes to be able to play well in the game. He's very conscientious, and you know, guys that come in, you know, with that kind of mindset. They, they learn and they play quicker. And uh, a lot of the guys that are really, really good players in high school, they, they've never really exposed themselves to that kind of attention to detail because they've been better than everybody else without having to pay attention to detail and do the little things right. And that's one of the things that his maturity has allowed him to do, and he's played really, really well for us. Josh Chapman, uh, good friend of mine whenever he was with the Colts. I believe he's with your your staff now, and if I was you, I would love having that human around at all times as well. I mean, as soon as he left our locker room, our entire team felt it, and I was talking to him before the game, and in that deep voice, he said, we got a Hall of Famer playing safety right now, and he was the one that kind of started that conversation, and I was like, who? He was like, this boy, this boy. He like The way he <laughs> talked about him, from Josh Chapman, who's been around everybody in Alabama and has seen such great football, it was a cool thing to pay attention to. But your point there about taking uh, attention to detail and taking coaching and everything like that, it has been highlighted by an interview, I do believe, from... Terrian Arnold. Terrian Arnold, obviously, a guy on your team. I don't know if you've seen this video yet, but this is maybe the biggest compliment to you, and I think a lot of players saw this, biggest compliment to you, the amount of respect that your players have for you was on display from Terrian here. I actually was jogging off the field. I'm like, dang, boy, he looked mad. Boy, he finna give it to somebody. And then I'm like, oh, 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 it's me. <laughs> like when he was saying that, uh, I mean, he was telling me to time up the blitz on the motion. And I know y'all seen like, how many times do I have to tell you 
you know the word. But uh, like when he said that, it was kind of like one of those things that you just have to not hear how he's saying it, but you have to hear what he's saying. And I mean, it's another thing when you look at it as far as never knowing when the camera's on you and being coachable. And I feel like the relationship that I have with him, he knows that I can take coaching like that. And it's hard coaching. And when you choose to come here, you never know when he could chew you out. And uh, like people always say, you should be worried when he's not saying something. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful to hear from your player. I assume you take that as a compliment. Miss Terry said she needs to see a little bit more of that, too, I heard from you afterwards. But when you hear your players talk like that, how does that make you feel? And what are your thoughts on coaching as a whole? Well, I, I think that, you know, I, I want each and every player on our team to reach their full potential and be the very best player they can be. That's what creates value for their future. That's what creates value for our team. And, you know, that's always, you know, the goal here. And I, I, I tell the players all the time, you know, you got to be it before you can become it. Uh, so you got to create the right habits. You got to put in the work. You got to take the coaching. You got to learn from your mistakes. And then you can become the kind of player that you really want to be. But you got to be it first. It doesn't happen the other way around. And, um, you know, I grew up with a lot of tough love. You know, my dad was great. And, you didn't do it right you had to do it again and he always confronted and demanded that you do things the right way and I do that a lot with the players but I think the players understand that and I think if the players know you care about them um, that they're okay with that uh, I don't think any player you know cares what you know until he knows that you care so um, I care about our players I want them to be successful personally academically and athletically so they create value for the future and um, but I at times I, I got to admit, I coach them hard, but um, yeah. most of them get used to it. And I tell them, I, I say, look, when we when we play just like this week, we're going to play at Texas A&M. There's going to be 105,000 people trying to get in the middle of your stuff. You can't take me getting in the middle of your stuff. We got problems. <laughs> uh, that's funny to think about. But do you know, like the guys that will be able to take it whenever you're recruiting? Like I assume not only getting the right players, because everybody talks about how many five stars you get. Like, it's a factory. Well, that doesn't just happen overnight, okay? Like, that is something that is earned and happens over a long period of time. You don't just start getting every five-star to come. But I assume at this stage, you're wondering about the mental makeup, why you're recruiting people, so you know if they can handle your coaching style in your building? Yeah, I, I do, but I also think that um, we, we try to do a good job of, you don't coach everybody the same. Um, you know, some guys are obsessive compulsive, they're perfectionists, they want to get it right. So you coach that guy a lot different because when you get on him, you know, sometimes that that's not to his benefit or to our benefit. So it just depends on the player. It depends on the personality, the makeup. And, you know, those kind of guys are easy, easy to see that these guys are driven to be good. So now you just want to teach them because they got the right stuff. They're trying to do everything they need to do to be the best they can be. Other guys, sometimes you got to, you know, make a point um, that this is what you need to be doing. And is this behavior helping you accomplish the goals that you have as a player? It, it becomes a matter of priority. You know, we all have priority. Um, but a single-minded purpose and what your priority is as a football player and how you develop is really important to you improving and becoming what you, you're capable of being. Coach. I love when you start going, dude. Yeah. We appreciate you doing it. AJ has a question for you. Coach, when you get a win now at this point in your career, is there more relief or excitement and happiness from a win? Because it looks like in college it's always on to the next one. I'm calling recruits from the locker room. Like it's always something coming up next. Are you able to enjoy the wins at all, at least for 10, 15 minutes maybe? 
I enjoy the wins. Uh, I enjoy the wins mostly because I enjoy um, the wins for the players. You know, the players work hard. Uh, people don't realize what they put in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, how they prepare for the game, how much it means to them. You know, from a fan's perspective, sometimes they think, you know, when you don't have success, that it bothers them more than it does anybody else. Well, the fact of the matter is, is it bothers the players more than anybody else and probably the coaches and me. I But uh, I'm also really, really happy and excited when I see our players happy and excited and uh, they're getting positive uh, gratification for their hard work, what they put into it, you know, all year long. So um, that's, that's the happy part for me. But we have a 24-hour rule around here. You probably heard about it before that you enjoy the win for 24 hours. If you don't have success, you commiserate for 24 hours. But then, you know, we got to reset and get ready for the next game. Yeah. Those miserable 24 hours, though, seem to linger sometimes, Ooh. especially if you miss a kick or two. <laughs> Buddy, those are tough couple days, years, lifetime. Uh, Connor has a question for you, Coach. Yeah, Coach, obviously anytime you're playing an SEC team, it's a big game. And, you know, I know people on the Internet are pretty pumped about that text or Tennessee binder on the left side of your desk. Just an FYI, people are talking <laughs> about that. But uh, with Texas A&M, is there kind of like a new budding rivalry between the two schools, especially – after everything that happened last year, or is this kind of just same old, same old, let's go out, get a win, and get the hell home? No, I, I, I think, you know, rivalries come from other teams being good. Uh, LSU has always been really, really good. Uh, so that's all, that, that became a, a big game. It, was, it wasn't really a natural rivalry. And I think Texas A&M is, you know, it's kind of the same way. Uh, they, they, they're really, really good. They got a really good team this year. Uh, every year we played them, this has kind of been a, a pivotal game uh, for them and for us. So I think the importance of the game depends on how you define rivalry, I guess. Uh, but the, the importance of the game gets escalated because uh, they have a really good team, and, and I think we have a really good team. So it's going to be two good teams playing, and we got to do it on the road in some tough environment. But uh, I think that's a challenge that most players you know, really like. That's why they come to a place like this, to play in games like this. You know that coach at all? I think you know their coach a little bit, too. That's probably another reason why they talk about it being a rivalry, if I had to guess. He's a good coach. He's a good guy. Uh, we come from the same part of West Virginia. I've known him for a long, long time. He's done an outstanding job there, and I respect him as an offensive coach about as much as anybody we play against. I saw him eat wings at this national championship <laughs> a couple of years ago. This guy took these wings. I've never seen somebody delete wings <laughs> like Jimbo. It was less than, what was it, 12 inches away from me. We're oh, sitting yeah. opposite side of the table. It was my first time meeting him. He sits down with this thing of wings, and I had the wings as well. It was like the only option. And he depleted this plate faster than anything I've ever heard or seen. I mean, this guy eating these wings was like a vacuum right across while having a full conversation with me, and then he was out. And that's the only time I've ever seen him. So I love anytime two West Virginia guys can go take over the world, and I assume you can demolish some wings as well. <laughs> Ty has a question for you, Coach. Coach, Pat mentioned it a little bit earlier how, you know, Miss Terry said, hey, if these guys aren't aren't playing well, you need to get on their butt a little bit. And I know you said after the game that, that I think it was the first game she wasn't in attendance since you got to Alabama. Now, I'm sure it isn't the kind of thing where before the game, you know, you're thinking about that like, oh, my God, she's not here. What am I going to do? But was it awkward or weird at all knowing that she wasn't there? And then last week you told us, 
hey, I really didn't do a whole lot this week besides football-related stuff. So I'm just curious, <laughs> when you're with her, is it is it ball all the time? Is that what you guys are talking about when you get home, or, or how does that work out? No, it's not ball all the time. You know, we're, we're regular old people um, that have regular old problems, you know. <laughs> um, dogs die. Um, oh. Kids have grandkids have problems we're just like everybody else so we have a lot to talk about but i will say this she is really really supportive of uh, me and what i do our job she's on top of it uh, i think when we met in high school she was the drum majorette at a different school than i went to i didn't think she really knew what a first down was but she 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 knows the game really well uh, she knows a lot of the players um, and she, she, she sometimes has pretty good insight on things that I need to do and not do. And she has made me better through the years by, in a lot of ways. You know, when I first started being the head coach at Michigan State, the media acted like I was the till of the hunt. And I used to come home and say, everybody's killing me, but I don't really understand why. And she said, would you ever watch yourself? You're anxious. You're nervous. You don't treat them with any respect. You're so serious. You never smile. Um, if you do some of those things, maybe they'll treat you better. <laughs> so I, I, it made me mad at first, but I started to do it and things got better. <laughs> it's amazing how that works out. Yeah. The information immediately received. Nah, don't want to hear it. But then over time, it's great. You talking about her the way that you talk about her is beautiful. I'm really, it is a truly beautiful thing. And you guys being high school sweethearts. Whoa. Come on. That's a beautiful thing. Now, last question before, is she going to be there this week? Yeah. And. Last time you played there, right, you end up losing. Do you remind the boys that whenever you're getting ready and motivated for this week, or how do you treat that? Well, I, I, I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't think these guys relate historically very well to things. I think <laughs> that they, they want to play and do well for our team, this team, uh, and they have a lot of respect for the team that we're playing. So uh, there's a lot for them to, to gain by going out there, preparing well, playing well in the game. And um, so I, I don't I don't really do that. I try to prepare them for what we're going to get into. It's going to be a tough environment, a lot of noise. Got to practice that today uh, so that we, we can stay focused on what's happening on the field and not let all the external factors of, you know, what's happening around us influence or affect our play. I just met with Jalen. And I told him the same thing. I said, just because you're going back to Texas, that doesn't mean you got to do something different. You just got to play your game fundamentally, do what you're supposed to do so that it gives you the best chance to be successful. We talked last week about the cowbells, and you said noise is noise. And I didn't ask the follow-up. What is the noise of practice? Are you just playing white noise out there? Are we playing music? <laughs> what do we got to practice? We got white noise, man. It's just loud. You can't, you can't, nobody can hear anything. Ha! <laughs> That is the whole time? Whole time. Are you wearing ear things or are you taking that as well? No, I, I, I'm i still coaching. I just have to get a little closer to them so they can hear what I'm saying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's why you go into Mississippi State and do your thing. And yep. Obviously, this weekend, big one in Texas A&M. We can't thank you enough, Coach, for joining us. Good luck this week. We'll chat with you next week. And please tell Miss Terry we appreciate everything about you guys. All right, well, I got a little present here for you. What? Because, you, you know, we have a tremendous amount of respect for you. This show has been great for us, so we're going to send you this Alabama shirt with your number on it. I'm on Bama. Yeah. I'm on Bama? Wow. I got recruited. Is that a scholarship? I want to say that's a scholarship. I got a scholarship to Bama. Yep. 
Coach, is that all you want is a scholarship? I mean, you don't want any name, image, and likeness deal. To no, yeah, with yeah. yeah, I want 5000 to come visit next time I come. No photo shoots either. I'm not doing any. I need you. But I appreciate that, Coach. Thank you. Alabama's right. been incredibly hospitable to us. You've been amazing for us. Like, we can't tell you how big of an honor it is to get to chat with you. So I appreciate you guys looking out for us. And let's enjoy the hell out of the rest of this year. Yeah, we will. But I want you guys to know something. I enjoy this, too, because you guys are all football people. And you ask football-related questions because you've all played, you've all been there, you've all done that. So I appreciate that, and it's uh, it's fun for me. So I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we hope you'll say that for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Nick Saban. Thank you, buddy. Coach, what a stud! I got recruited to Bama. Hey, congratulations! Yeah, you know wow. what I mean. Congrats. I'm a Bama dude. Two full rides. There you are. I'm a Bama. Yeah, roll Tide, baby. Elephant up here, maybe. Yeah, I mean, why uh, not? Well, I mean, it's in your heart now. You now, don't need one. I will say, West Virginia Bama have the same rank uh, record right now. So yep. let's mm -hmm. just keep that in mind. Yep. Keep same that thing. in mind. Same thing. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. We all agree. But no, they've been very nice to us. Yeah, awesome. You know, because with Coach, his schedule, oh, yeah. like he is a oh, yeah. diligent person. So the way we operate is not necessarily as easy to explain. Well, how long is it going to go? Uh, I have no idea. Can you give us, like, a guess? I'm like, ah, 15, 20, but eh, a couple good answers. Every 25, 25 depending on where we go. Uh, and Coach Saban didn't ask for any questions ever, but the people were like, well, we get the questions beforehand. I'm like, oh, bud, I mean, just assume that it's just going to be, like, pretty <laughs> Natural topical shit with yeah. Coach. You know what I mean? And they're like, okay, so we don't have a time. We want to have the questions. So his team around him, you know, explaining to him, like, because that's, <laughs> it's just an incredible, and the fact that he was like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, and I think Josh Chapman, that guy that I uh, referenced there, Chappie, He's former awesome. teammate of mine, yeah, he is an incredible dude. I assume he potentially vouched for me to nice. Coach Saban. Coach Saban made him a captain, I think, as like a junior or a sophomore or something like that, and he obviously won, I think, three national championships or something. <laughs> Damn. And then he came to our locker room, beloved by everybody immediately. Yeah. So I think as soon as he finished up with us, Coach Saban was like, how do we get this guy uh -huh. back in yeah. the building? He was with the strength staff. Now I think he's like with the defensive coaches. Like as a, he's just, this guy's a vibes guy. Yeah, just a guy. We, we, yeah. This guy is a vibes guy. Works his ass off, like is positive, loved by everybody. So I think he vouched for us. So shout out to him as well. But, Throwback nose tackle, right? Duh. Fire hydrant. There's a video on Colts.com about him preparing for Thanksgiving. Ooh. And it's one of the it's one of the greatest delivered things I've ever and obviously, you know, you know that whole yeah, that is obvious, that wins the day. I'm not yep. saying it is in that particular manner, but like the way that he just starts bringing apple pie, gotta have that pie. <laughs> And then, like, the interview's almost over, and he's like, oh, we got some cranberry sauce. I'm going to have to get a little. <laughs> and I think my mom got some pecan. I mean, we got, <laughs> he, like, he lives off turkey, and then we got, oh, the ham. You see in his head, he's, like, walking through the table. Sure. Was not like, he's Casey Hampton back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Texas guy. He would show up at training camp at, like, 420 pounds. <laughs> and they're like, well, Casey Hampton's not active for the first two weeks. Why is that? Well, Got to get him to a healthy level <laughs> of being able to play like 380 or like 370 or something like that. I'm not saying Chap was like that, but Chap was a massive dude. Took a lot of pride in how big he was and how he was able to move. And knew exactly what his body was going to do and how long he had. I love that man. I absolutely love that man. Yeah, he was a stud. What a great teammate. Yeah, yeah you put, you great put him a great teammate. You put him two lockers down from it was uh, Josh Chapman, Pat Anger. Nice. Legend. 
psycho, yeah. hilarious human, and then me right there. And then I think at one point, A.Q. Shipley was right there. We oh, had murderers, bro. <laughs> it was an absurd crew. And uh, yeah, I can't believe I got a scholarship to Bama. Okay, let's move Excellent. along. Pretty cool. Uh, Texas A&M, sweet transition, Pat. Thanks. This is professional. Von Miller, back at practice oh, for the Buffalo Beals. We see him moving along. He has spoken on his podcast, the Vaughncast, that he plans on being ready for Sunday and playing on Sunday. Now we're getting videos out of practice from Sal Capaccio and the Buffalo Beals, showcasing him getting down into a stance, getting off. Obviously, a little bit of a false start there. He was eager yeah. to get off the ball. Doesn't look like his gait is that affected. We haven't seen him stride out, but that's a big brace around that right knee, AJ. What do we think we see from Von Miller after watching some of this? I think this is good. Seeing Vaughn in full pads going out here, he obviously he's not really banging a lot or whatever. Just seeing him right there, that little hand swipe move and watching him get around the corner looks pretty good. Anything, if his gait is weird, is, is probably because of the brace. We know running in a brace is kind of weird, but he's he's had to wear one in the past, so I'm sure he's getting used to it. Yeah, shout out to Sal Capaccio getting us these videos on the internet. And you got to remember, if he's only at 80% athleticism because of the brace or because they're not fully back, like Von Miller at 80%, <laughs> yeah. you know, we are A-OK there. Chuck, what you see from the get off? He looks good. And and he's got three weeks, right? Yeah. So they're probably not going to throw him into the fray right now, right? Yeah, so he said he'd be ready by Sunday. Indicated yep. that he – because it's in London. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe Vaughn – Playing a little gamesmanship there. You know, get him thinking that he may roll out there. But they're so good. You know, on the defensive front, they got so many guys that even if he does, you just throw him money down. It's third down situation. Let him rush the passer three, four times. No red jersey there, right? That's a big deal. What's that? Felt like there's no red jersey on. On, on him? Yeah. That's only for... Medical, though. Like, keeping him out of stuff. You know, he was full Who up. Who did that? <laughs> I don't... You've seen him in videos where people are like, non-contact this particular person. he's going at me, AJ. No, no, no. No, no, no that's happened. That's not just you. Yeah. That's all the NFL. That happens. Uh, where they're like, hey, no contact, but we're going to put him in full pads. Feels like they got him doing his stuff. I assume they're not dropping him on set. Uh, maybe. Right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they awesome. might. I mean, they do have... Uh, I'm pretty sure Europe has Supergrass. Those, uh, those soccer fields have really, oh, yeah, really nice Yeah, they grass. do. He is a big proponent of Supergrass. They have Huh? Are they full pads? Yeah. Well, yeah, they're a winning football team. You got to go full pads on Wednesdays. How'd it go? Pittsburgh, by the way. That was the. Yeah. That was how we were making the offense better. How did it go? Have I heard they were like ten for ten on third downs. Boom. Because of the full Ooh. pads and stuff. Thank you, you for bringing that ring? up. Another transition. Uh, I stepped right in. The I don't way. know if they did Oklahoma or Bull in the Ring. We would assume they would want to get tougher. Shout out to Tone Diggs for the transition there. They went 10 for 10 on third down on Wednesday, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That would be the exact opposite of what they've done <laughs> on the actual NFL football field this season. Ooh. A graph came out from a gentleman named Arjun. Oh. Arjun Manon? Ar Manon. Manon. Yeah. Yep. Arjun Manon. Yep. Now, did we fact check Arjun Manon? Certainly not. Okay. No. So we say comedic informative at the beginning of this. Let's just say this graphic potentially accurate. Potential comedy. Yeah, mm -hmm. one of the two. This is prop comedy mm -hmm. graphic. His bio says he works for the Jets right now, is going to graduate from U of M next year. Okay, so that's what his bio says. <laughs> and <laughs> and people can type that in. You know, they can type in their own bio. But let's just assume this is accurate. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers being dead last Unreal. on three announcements. 
Three and outs, obviously, to start to drive. You go onto the field. You run one play, probably lose yardage. Then you have second and long, probably lose yardage. Then you pick up a little bit on third down. It ends up being fourth and three, fourth and four, because they gave you those yards. And you go out there and you punt, you turn that thing over. The Bengals allegedly second worst in the entire NFL whenever it comes to three and outs. Number one in the league, the Buffalo Bills, with Josh Allen being an absolute wagon. And number two in the league, with not having as many three and outs, allegedly the Arizona Cardinals with Joshua Dobbs and the boys. Obviously a lot of surprising things here whenever you see the Bengals at second to worst and the Arizona Cardinals is second best in the league. What do you get from this, AJ, and why do you think this is happening? Well, I think when you see these teams that are in the top five or ten of three and outs, it puts a ton of pressure on their defense as well. Like Your defense makes it stop, gets off the field, Sit down for a half a second, take your helmet off, and like D Butt said before earlier this week, like they're they're yelling for punt alert already because we're in third down offensively. Uh, that's the biggest thing I see when this happens. But you got to find a way to to figure this out. Like I don't know how Chuck, you would know more than me. Teams always want to have like a fast start. How do you have a fast start? Is there something to that? You got to practice. You got to change things. Like Tomlin said, hey, we can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. So you got to go into practice and make a point of emphasis. That first five, remember, Pat, how we'd always talk about the first five, the last five, how you end the second quarter, how you end the fourth quarter, those type of things, how you come out the third quarter. You got to practice it. And to your point about, you know, Pittsburgh, you look at that drive last week against Houston, the first, they played 15 snaps. Then they do one of these three and outs, and they're right back out there. And they played another eight, nine, ten snaps. Yeah, Texas def- went down. Your, your, your defense is done. You're, you're, you're smoked. They played, I think, 69 plays in that game. They played 81 plays the time before. So if you're not playing complimentary football, you can't get first downs and you can't rest those guys. It's hard for TJ and Highsmith, those guys, to rush the pass. Every time. Every freaking time, like on, on play 16 of a drive. Yeah, so let's talk about the flip side of that. The Arizona Cardinals, what have they focused on to make sure that they don't have three and outs? Is this something that the head coach, who's a defensive coach, potentially says, hey, we don't have three and outs around here? Is this a focal point, you think? And what has Josh Dobbs been able to do to make them the second best in the league? Well, shoot. The, I mean, the other day he went for 40 yards on a, on a zone read keeper, right? So they're running the ball. They're gaining positive yards. James Conner's running the hell out of it. So they're staying in third manageable. They're staying on schedule so where you can, you can make some first downs. But if it's third and seven plus, third and eight plus. NFL Ds. It's like the menu for the D coordinator is like this. And there's no telling what you're going to get. Third and two, third and three, you got a, a call sheet is like this. Okay, what are you going to put? We got to play man coverage. You got to play tight coverage. They could run the ball, especially if they're across the 50, because it's four down territory most of the time now. So, yeah, there's not many calls for those. Staying on schedule is the reason why Mm -hmm. three and outs happen, is what I'm hearing from Chuck Pagano and Nick Saban. And I appreciate the fact that you look at the Bengals there. Yeah. The Bengals' offense has been something that people talk about as being the best in the NFL, potentially. Mm -hmm. Like, going into the season, hey, Jamar Chase, Joey Burrow, they're back. T. Higgins looking for a bag, he's back. Joe Mixon, he's back. They add to the offensive line that was figured out towards the second half of the NFL season. Go ahead, Tony Diggs. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, after you're done. Oh, okay, you got it. Yeah, but you add to that, you think this Bengals' offense is going to be gangbusters, to quote Chuck Pagano. And then you see them at second to last after paying Joey B, and you start to have to scratch your head, AJ. It's like, what? What has happened over there? Is it the calf? Is that 100% what it is? Is the offensive line not protecting Joey Burrow the problem? You hear Jamar Chase saying, I'm always in the open. Well, it doesn't feel like they're on the field that much. Over 40% of the time, they're on the field for three plays and then they're back off. That's not a lot of time to make plays, let alone have the ability to continue to do so whether somebody's hurt or not, AJ. 
do we know where we are right now with Joe and his calf? I know he says, did he give a percentage or did somebody try to give a percentage of where he was? I believe he is not on the injury report anymore. Oh. So he's healthy? Is that what that says? I believe so. Or he that just came out today and said, this is the best I've felt in weeks. And there was a video of him at practice and he you know, looked a little bit more explosive or didn't look as gimpy as he has the last couple weeks. I would assume there's a lot of stats that we can make graphs and shout out to Arjun. We don't know you. Way to go, Arjun. Way to go. Thanks for taking the time to do that with your AI system or whatever. I assume there's a lot of offensive ones that don't hold the Bengals in good light. Of course. And it's like, that's a, you know, that one, because Zach Taylor seemingly. We didn't see that coming. Did we? we maybe thought maybe a game or two stumble, but it just, it's been. Quarter. They haven't consistently put it together, and we thought they would by now. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. I, the other thing you can kind of tell from that graph, which is crazy, Lions and the Dolphins, I think we've talked about this. Two of the better, if not the two best offenses, they're right in the middle. So, like the the way this correlates too, it's you know those defenses in the middle of those good teams are pretty damn good as well. If they're still you know blowing teams out. Interesting stat here from Hembo about the fourth best three and out percentage of not having them. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys last year in the playoffs against San Francisco, they were zero for ten on third and medium against the Niners. So that's an interesting stat from Hembo about what we're talking about right here. Shout out to him texting me that in real time. We love you, Hembo. We do appreciate that. Looking at the graph, uh, some of those bottom teams kind of clicked with me. Um, They're all, until you get to Tennessee there, they all stink at running the ball. Like Steelers, Bengals, Green Bay. Tampa. Well, the Titans are there, though. You said except for them. Yeah, Tampa, the Giants, and Panthers, they're all – they're on the bottom seven, eight in as far as as far as rushing is concerned. Mm. Then you look at the Falcons and you think to yourself, well, they're a running team yes, their sir. way down there. And then you start piecing together why that's happening. And everybody's saying it's because Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Uh, a lot of. Hey, it's getting loud. Very, very, loud. very loud. Hey, it's getting real loud about Desmond Ritter down there in Atlanta. Uh Bijan Robinson actually came out and spoke about uh Desmond Ritter. And he said, you know, I just told him, hey, it's all good, man. Like these things are gonna happen. But Bijan rookie. Yeah. Having to come out and speak about the quarterback. I think it showed great leadership and everything like that. But Desmond Ritter is one of these guys where I really wonder, like five, six, seven weeks from now, what's going on in Atlanta at the quarterback position? Because it feels like they have the pieces, you know, and they have the mentality, mm-hmm. and they're in the division potentially to do it, but they're just not. And that last game was their worst showing, AJ. Yeah, it was. And I think they're they're all sitting there not waiting on Desmond Ritter to finally, like, whatever take that next step may be, but they're doing whatever they can to try to, to facilitate that. Who is behind him anyway? Heineke. Is there anyone calling yeah, for his backup? Yeah. There's Heineke Moxie. Is right. Yeah, there's Moxie. The Zen God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's been a lot of uh, Dan Jones, Justin Fields as well, like how well that you know those two guys might play in Atlanta run-first offense and if they would make a move to try and get one of them. Let's talk about another run-first offense that has been fantastic, and that's the brand new Lions. Now, Jared Goff still makes incredible plays, and he has certainly lifted his game beyond anything that we thought was imaginable whenever he was kicked out of this, the city of stars. Just get the out of here. Sorry. Yeah. That's what they said to Jared Goff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't believe somebody picked up your contract, actually, on the way out. Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of here. Lit the Goff course on fire. 
We don't want it. Nope. Nobody wants to hit golf balls at the golf course Mm-mm. because you're Jared Goffel with us. You were actually third stringer for the Rams in like their most important game of the season at the end <laughs> while being able to take a snap. He would end up taking a snap, and your mind goes, so he can definitely play quarterback. They're just benching him. Him and McVay, for whatever reason, just didn't think that they could succeed together, and that being McVay and Les mostly. And Goff, I think, finding out about it through the media whenever his ass gets sent to Detroit, and we all just wrote him off. We say, well, that's it for that kid. You're California run. kid, gone to Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gone. Oh, it's dead. This Brutal. guy's eating kneecaps and everything like yeah. that. And then here we sit just a couple years later. Jared Goff, like top five quarterback in the NFL. The offense over there is innovative, creative, and dominant against teams that we yep. think are going to be great teams. Here's Jared Goff chit-chatting about former quarterback Ryan Fitzmagic's comments about him being a... A poor man's Matt Ryan. Bingo. Yeah, gave him a hard time. <laughs> Ryan's a good dude, but that's it. You, you feel like you've silenced most or all of your critics just over the last, you know, year Don't and care. Half. Don't care. Don't care. There's still going to be some, and there will always be. Uh, even if I'm playing great, if I'm playing poorly, there will always be haters and lovers and uh, ignore them all and keep trying to get better. What seemingly was a baby-faced Buddhist from California who would get lost in the sauce every once in a while with uh, lost in the headlights eyes on a field, which not too long ago, to become this don't-care guy. I love this transformation, and I appreciate whatever Dan Campbell and Jared Goff have been doing together to get him to this point. I enjoyed the hell out of that from Goff in a good time right there. Yeah, can't you tell? he he, like That seems like a confident guy. He really does. And I I believe him when he says, like, yeah, I don't – I'm sure he's kind of been through the ringer where, hey, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, people are going to say whatever they want. I'm going to go out here and keep slanging this ball, and we're going to keep winning a bunch of games here in Detroit. So I think it shows you uh, whatever they've done in Detroit, they've empowered Jared Goff, made him feel, put him in a great system to where it feels like it like accentuates his strength, and the dude seems to be like just playing at another level. And it doesn't hurt that his defense – is just relentless, and then 11 dudes flying to the ball every single play. Yeah, great football team up there in Detroit right now. How do you think MCDC was able to bring back Jared Goff's confidence to a point that we've never seen before? It's that whole culture. It's that whole team. You know, AJ's point and everybody else's. I mean, that's that's just biting kneecaps. He's like, okay, you you can't give a crap, okay, about what they think or say about you. Okay, it's really none of Jared's business. So guys that sit there, Russ Wilson, he's all the time wondering, okay, what are they thinking about me? What are they saying about me? When it's really none of your business, Russ. Okay, Goff, it's none of your business. We love you. We believe in you. We're going to put a a team around you. We're going to give you weapons, a run game, an offensive coordinator, and Ben Johnson that's going to get you to from here to here. Just, Just go play ball. Just go be you. You don't have to be anybody else. And it's that whole culture down there. It's worked. Yes. It has yeah. worked. He's fun to watch. And awesome. it's no longer like for Lions fans, and I've said this before, this is a situation in the past where Lions fans in most of these games would have been like, oh, well, here's where it all crumbles somehow. And Jared Goff has been that guy a couple times yep. throughout his career. It's like, well, here's where it all kind of crumbles. And instead, they both kind of they found love in a hopeless place. Truly. Oh, yeah. they Evan Fox. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jared Goff was supposed to be a bridge quarterback in Detroit. His first year in Detroit, it was not good. And now we're sitting here, and he has so much confidence, and he has a chance to be the first quarterback for the Detroit Lions to win a playoff game since 1991. And if he does that, I'm here for it. Lifetime contract. Just give it to the guy. And this week, 
We got Jameson Williams back, so we're only going to get better. Oh, yeah. Assuming. Yeah, they changed that uh, gambling. Six, six to four from six games to four games because they revised the gambling policies. Like, if you're at the building gambling on something else, still got to hit you, ding it, because it's not good, but it's mm-hmm. only this. If you're gambling on NFL stuff, forever. Mm-hmm. If you're playing football, it's this. So they've tried to dive into it a little bit more. Here's Ari Mirov's breakdown of the new gambling policies. If you bet on NFL games not involved uh, in involving your team at least one year, okay? If it involves your team, minimum two years. Oh, Isaiah Rogers, we just learned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Colts corner. He'll be out for a while. Bye-bye. All right, so stay healthy. Hey, stay healthy. Comeback story is a good one. Uh, betting on non-NFL games in team facility, two games for first violation, six games for second, at least one year for third. So if you just can't help it, as soon as you walk in that facility, ah, gotta, get bed. gotta get these NBA bets off. <laughs> Uh, baseball's on. I got it. <laughs> if you just can't help yourself and you get three times at least a year, uh, attempting to fix games, well, yeah, you're banished. I don't yeah. think they had to adjust those rules. No. I think that thing has been in place for a long time. Inside information and or tipping, minimum one year. Mm. Interesting, because how will they decide what's inside information and what's not inside information, especially with how many podcasts and conversations are Uh being aired publicly at this point? What would be tipping, what's not tipping? And in football, does a tip matter? You know, just, yeah. in, just injuries is all I can think of. For unders, hey, hey so and so's out this week. Yeah, nobody knows it yet. But but so in the NFL, you monitor that pretty. You know what I mean? Like it ends yeah. up getting announced anyway. That's just the only thing that I can injury do. reports. Yeah, yeah, those are always unless you could get it while the lines at a certain point where it would move the like line. like on a Monday. Yeah, exactly. This guy's going to be out like this the, week. Like the Deshaun line moved, I think three points on Sunday when they said he was out. Got it. So that would be the tip okay. that we could potentially experience here. But anyways, they kind of. They adjusted it. I feel but if like you know, but if you know the backup starting and they're just being gamesmanship and they got them as questionable, they're going to take it all the way up to kickoff. I'd that would benefit me. It's kind of like Vaughn, like the Vaughn situation right now. If someone were to know that Vaughn is going to play or not going to play, like that would be a massive piece of information to use gambling against the Jaguars or form. Yeah, and I always wonder, like in that piece of information, what if somebody thinks they know? Yeah. And sure. they, you know what sure. I mean? What if they don't actually know? What if no, like, that's going to be what tough. What changes at game time? What if he's playing on going, but he says he's not probably not going to go, and then all of a sudden he get to warm-ups and he doesn't go? And, like, I think it's going to be tough to figure out if it was inside information. Yeah, that that right. one's yeah. going to be a tough one to figure out from people. Now, if you just got full text messages as the game's kicking off, <laughs> yeah. hey, we're going to throw the ball 55 sure. times, yeah, hammer yeah. the overpassing, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I guess that would be tip. It, like, in my head right there, I'm like, Okay, so how how would I want to take advantage if this was something? If I knew somebody in there, it's like let me. If they're going to throw the ball sixty times, I guess that would help out for a particular line, prop bet. What's the line about porn? If you know it when you see it, that's inside info too. You know it when you see it. Okay, so as soon as we hear about what happened, we'll say that's inside information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know how many Martha Stewart's there's going to be right because she was. Oh yeah, she was oh, yeah. on it. She went to jail. Yes, she, she did. did. House arrest for a while. Dog. Then she came out cooking with Snoop. Just yep. chilling. Best thing for her career. Smoking dope. Yep. Didn't miss a beat. Grand, gained a whole new demo coming out of the mm-hmm. coming Street. out of that pen she was living yep. in mm-hmm. four seasons back. Yeah, right. Street cred through the roof. What are the Chrisleys doing? Chrisleys still in jail? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah so. for Quite a while. Couple yeah. Of them. yeah. Man, you know who the Chrisleys are? Nope. You need oh, to keep up with come them. Wake Chuck. up, Chuck. Chuck. This is disgusting. Good Lord. Uh, okay, we got a few minutes left here on ESPN. Would love to chit-chat about what happened last night 
on ESPN's network. I don't remember. It was at News, ESPNU. Do we remember yeah, what it was classics, on last night? ESPNU. ESPNU. Yep. Middle of week football is happening, and the king of midweek college football is back in midweek college. Last week it was a Tuesday, I think. This week it's a Wednesday. Next week it's a Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, Rich Rodriguez has a team that's playing in the middle of the week when there isn't any other football on. His Jacksonville State teams now, two weeks in a row, have been must-watch. Last week it was against Sam Houston State. I think they were down 28 or something like that. They would end up coming back and winning. Last night, they're down 23-7 in the third quarter, and you're watching thinking to yourself, what's going on with this team? All Rich Rod talks about is the hard edge being tough, being disciplined, and then boom! All they needed was one uh-huh. turnover that ignited the entire Gamecock Nation. 23-7. Then what? Zion Webb back in the starting lineup, playing good football. Slings a touchdown. We're known for running, but we'll let a guy get loose. Well, it's only 23-24 now Ooh. in the fourth quarter when the fastest human <laughs> in Tennessee last night caught a little out bubble route and takes it to the crib. This thing ended up being like 41 23 or something like that in a quarter and a half of Jacksonville State football. Multiple turnovers. There's a this big guy's rumbling and stumbling. Had dreams of a touchdown sellout. Oh, no! <laughs> they would go on to score there, obviously, with a little end around on a third goal, uh, third and goal there. This team is fun. And they're on the middle of the week, I think, the next two weeks. Yes. So just know that if there's nothing else on and you're a live TV person and a football person, these Jacksonville State games have become must-watch television. And this is what Rich Rodriguez is known for. His teams are going to be explosive on the offensive side of the ball. They're always going to fight because he is a – his entire team is – we are built on a hard edge. That is it. We're going to be tough. And if you're not tough, we'll bench you. Mm-hmm. And then somebody who's tougher than you will play in there. So they're always going to be in it. It's perfect for Wednesdays yeah. and Tuesdays when there's nothing else on TV. They have been a nice little treat because the last two weeks I have bet on them and I have had to turn off the game because I can't watch a game that I'm losing. So, the, but then you get that score notification and a score notification and a score notification, and you're like, "Holy shit, they're back!" That's what Rich Rod is doing for us every weekend. Conference USA, smart move. They snuck in midweek before Maction even starts. So two weeks beforehand, yeah. genius. Yeah. Two weeks before Maction kind of stole the middle of the week, and I think they knew what they had with oh, Rich yeah, Rod and his offense. They were getting, they were underdogs last night, three and a half. Yeah, and then they rattled off forty-five straight. <laughs> Unreal. In a quarter and a half. Somebody's, where's he going next year? Who's going to hire him? Uh, Jacksonville State people don't want to hear that, obviously. But that's obviously the reality not. of yeah. college football. It's like – Big boy's going to come calling. And I think, um, I think like, his style of coaching is back. It's coming back, yeah, for, for real. Sure. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. It's making a comeback. It is. So, I don't think, like, Michigan was ever the right spot for – the hillbilly that is Rich Rodriguez. <laughs> He's from the hills of West Virginia. Okay, he is one of the greatest football minds. You go back and do the history of this whole spread offense, and I know uh, how how Mummy yep. gets a lot of credit for what he did or whatever. If you go way back, like Rich Rod with the zone read and the spread and everything like that, he created this offense pretty much. He used to play safety. He was on defensive side of the ball. Beast created this offense. He he would do very well right now with. Uh, if you went to a place that had NIL sure. yeah. and it wasn't like a highbrow institution, mm-hmm. like I think all of us at West Virginia when he went to Michigan were like, ah, there's Bentleys and driveways up there, right? Yeah. And those guys got options. I don't know if they're necessarily going to take this shit from Rich Rodriguez. And 
It didn't work out up there. No. Then he ends up going to Arizona. They start getting good. Things collapse. Sure. Then he goes over to Ole Miss. He does well. Then they leave. Then he's now at Jacksonville State. He's going, and it's only a matter of time before, like, Michigan State needs a poach. Bingo. Yeah. Rich oh, Rod Revenge he? Tour in East Lansing, Michigan. Let's go. Need it next year. Poach him. And, and he hates Michigan, you'd assume. Oh, he'd yeah. Little, I, I don't know if he's – he's never said that to me. I'm just saying you would assume there would be a little vendetta against Michigan, so he'd automatically be beloved by the community for that. In Michigan State, not like super highbrow, right? Right, correct. So, yeah. How old is he? Rich Rod? I was shocked to hear that. I don't know. Because they all act like they are. Oh, jeez. Get him, Tony. Oh, Go get him, Tony. Tony. Just don't bring up anything in their past exactly. or else you'll get dragged through the mud no, no matter what you did. Hey, he's 60 right now. That's old. Too old, you think? Is that too old to get a... Oh. I last night, he was still... <laughs> still jacked up. Doing this one. He, he, he has like <laughs> head turns. Thing. It is... He, I love him a lot more now than I did when I was a player, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But, yes. But there's a lot of things he taught me in college that I still... You know, like in the moment, I nest baby in one ear out the other. Sure. Miss Terry and Saban. Exactly. Yeah. It was bingo. Exactly. Yeah. And then as I get older, I'm like, oh, this is what. That was actually a pretty good point. Uh, this is what Rich <laughs> Rob, this is what Rich was, this is what he was talking about. So I think that's a great compliment. I've told him that is the case. And yeah, I'd be excited to see him go on a run. And you people think I would just automatically say West Virginia there. Neil Brown's got the boys buzzing. Yeah. Yes. Hey, just win some games, Neil. That's he all. Save, I, he saved himself. But right now, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, they're going From to the, the playoff table. again. <laughs> yeah, they are. Good Thank you. Four and one. Good job, Neil. Way to go, Neil. Good job, Neil. Four and one. Definitely win the rest. And way to go for you guys watching this show. The show continues on YouTube and ESPN Plus. We'll see you manana from the State Fair in Texas. Goodbye. Yeah, I think we hit it. Nice. Well, nice. You, you think? You, you never. Yeah, you, you, never know. you never really know. Uh, you know this clock's connected to our clock, mm -hmm. and their clock's connected to their this clock. clock. Their clocks in Connecticut. That sucks. We're in Indiana. We're fucked. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a clock uh, sink, bit. <laughs> sink situation. You know what I mean? So it, I felt good about behind? that. Yeah, that What's sweet. the delay? Well, there's a delay, and then there's a delay on the send. Yeah, we have no idea, actually. Yeah, no not. clue. Yeah, that, we're, That's a little bit of the issue. <laughs> we're a month shit. and a couple yeah. days in here, and we still haven't. Are we getting close? Yeah. yeah, this is the pinnacle of not knowing shit about fuck, I think. Bingo. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it is. This might be the highlight <laughs> of it. And I don't know if it's ever going to get figured out. I don't think so. No. No. Just kind of, you know, roll the balls out there and just play. The best part is we have, I can see three clocks. They are all different. <laughs> yeah, Every single one. Yeah, well. There's only one important clock. Bingo. That, one, that bingo. one's never right. And we just got a new one. No, no, this one's new. Yeah. Remember, this one's only two days in. And uh, this new one was at my ask, even though I think it has the same exact technology as the last one. Sure. I wanted a new face to look at. Yep. You know, I wanted a, yeah, I wanted a new thing to be Fresh. confused about. But ZD Baby, Mission Control, that clock right there and I, I think we're starting to dance. Mm -hmm. I think we're starting to dance. Okay. I mean, Five going minutes. into the second hour, on this clock, we're about seven seconds off. But okay. they said on their <laughs> clock, it was good. Okay. This is the, people say the show wouldn't change. I don't think, uh, we said the show wouldn't change. They said the show would change. To their point, it has changed. And what has changed is having to hit this fucking time that is a yep. moving, uh -huh. yeah. that is a moving scale. And it is, it has gone under my skin a couple of different times. Like, it's kind of worked me. You if, can't tell. Well, the way just, you handle it. Well, you watch on YouTube or ESPN? Both. So. a boy. I appreciate you. Dude. Thank yeah. you. Let's fucking Thank go, you, Chuck. You know, I we get a couple more. I don't, yeah. <laughs> no, but I appreciate the fact that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, 
leads to our point about ratings. You're yeah, like, right. Bingo. Who yeah. knows? Open up those tablets, though. I mean, yeah. come on. Tablets, every, every TV in your house. Here's coming out of the last break. Crystal Geyser. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, mm-hmm. so not bad. Not terrible. Not bad. That was actually pretty good. It was a half second off, but I thought it was seven seconds off. Well, Maybe it, it was being dramatic. It's been different seconds every time, <laughs> so how would you even know how much time? We got a good third hour coming, don't we? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Great. CJ Stroud's coming from the Houston Texans practice right off the field, AJ. You think he's going to be a little sweaty, a little tired? Why? going to hydrate him for this big interview? Yeah, we'll see. Who do they have this week? Great question. Uh, Atlanta, I believe. Yeah, here we go. If I'm not mistaken. I believe they are playing Artie Smith. In Houston or in? In Atlanta. Yeah, at Atlanta. Because they did not okay. take the uh, post London bye. Yeah, they have. Uh, they have one. We didn't do that either, right? Was that your decision? Whose decision was that? Who makes that decision? Yeah. Collaboration. Oh, I'm sure. Sounds like it. I f- it feels like it was the right play. It feels like oh, it's yeah. so early. Oh, no, you know what they? Because if you don't play the early game over there, when they had two of them, right? There was an l- early one and a late one. You had to stay the night because you couldn't. They couldn't fly out of. Where is it? Heathrow. Heathrow. Couldn't fly out. And I'm like, Heathrow. Okay, you give it, if you don't take the bye next week, we played Chicago that next week, right? Yep. Got beat by Jacksonville. Yeah, Blake Bortles punted the ball into the stands. It should have been a penalty. Yeah. Boat. So we, we didn't, but yeah, that's why I said, okay, give us the early game. We're going right back and you can scrap the bye. Yeah, I think it was the right play. Uh, but no, we won. Germany. Thank God we won. I that would have. <clears throat> what year was that? Because that would have probably got me out of there a year earlier. To be honest, <laughs> you were not. You were, hey, you were in the minority on taking that, making that decision. It sounds like somebody wanted to take the buy afterwards. Whoever was in, like, I mean, what Jim Mercy think? Jim Mercy wanted to take the buy. I don't. I can't recall Jim being involved in that one. Oh, that would have been awesome, Jim. Well, yeah, I'm players? always tired when I come. Out <laughs> yeah, brother. So what? Did you ask? Did leave? you ask like Corey? We have to stay the night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't. They, well, maybe Ringo stars over there. Jeez, <laughs> 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 oh, he's the greatest. He's the best. I love Jim. They got one. They adopt a few whales. They're going to Germany this year. It's German Patriots. Yeah, ger- for the uh, that first week, I believe. That's probably the best one to have now, right? Because then you know you're getting a week eleven by week twelve by. Yeah, but I think teams can still, no matter when the season, they can choose yeah. whether or not they want to buy the next week. I think with modern transportation, you know, and the way planes are now. Granted, some of those planes that your regime was putting us on. <laughs> Boy, still smoking cigs. How about when we had to get to t- go to two because the airlines are losing money? You had two planes for the team it doesn't make any sense for airlines. You don't that's short why, that's trips, why... long trips. Yeah, it was something, AJ. So wait, you guys would split up if you were yes. like a they came to a me long and... trip. You get two planes for the squad. Uh, every trip, every trip was why? two planes. Why? I don't know. Why don't they? Buy I've never heard of that. Like, why don't they? What? Why don't they just buy the planes? That's what the Patriots did. Well, Kraft. Well, yeah, Jim doesn't have a plane, money. does he? Some people. Oh yeah, you're right. There's a money problem. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a, a money problem in the NFL. Cash. That's true. I well, about that. I, you know, and also, the NFL should provide these planes. I think. You know, like this is something that the NFL should provide their team is the planes because that feels like something they all need. You know what I mean? Now, or maybe a stipend, a travel stipend for each team, and they can choose. Hey, we're gonna get the big old jumbo jet, or I'm gonna screw the guys and keep some extra. Well, and look which. 
Some, ha- if you're losing, I could see it happening. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> All right, let's get to a break. Well, the uh, stuff with the Steelers now, like the the plane troubles that are happening. That should not be talked about in 2023 in the NFL. Yes, it's ridiculous. It, it sounds. How about our New York Jets? That's very Bush League. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot. What's that? We go we go to get on the plane. We've got a mechanical problem. So we, we sat in that hangar forever, right? Two, three For, hours. Forever. Jesus. Okay. A lot of cigars. Then a plane, yeah. another plane. Was it American we were flying I down? believe so, yeah. So the plane comes down from Chicago. Land the plane, getting ready. This plane's got a mechanical issue. Need another one. What? Need another one. Oh, they come in like two hours later. We run out of cigars. <laughs> no, we fix the other one. And uh, everybody's like, we're getting no, that. we are not getting on that plane. <laughs> Everything flows. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you. Remember you have that? to motivate. Yeah. 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 Boys, boys. Yeah. All the, we're booze. Like, I'm not saying guys had booze, but there was maybe some booze. Cigars, obviously, after the game. We're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And then presenting getting back onto a broken plane. Was that was cert- going. <laughs> no, that all happened going, remember? No, I thought it was And we got back. to the team hotel, so we had no time for meetings. We got there, and it was 1030. Got everybody in the oh, team room. Oh, yeah, meeting. I remember, remember that. I said, I don't want to hear one fucking thing out of anybody about <laughs> excuse about playing and sitting in this fucking thing, that fucking thing. Get a fucking snack. We're going to kick these guys' ass in the morning. Get your ass to bed. I'll see you in the morning. So first, that was the team meeting. First regime. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. First regime, we had one on way back, two planes. It was. So this happens, I guess, which leads us even more. Hey, the NFL should provide these plays. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make it happen. We're giving out free Taylor Swift commercials. Bingo. Right? Seriously? Yeah. We got enough money. <laughs> All right, let's get to a break. Happy birthday, Travis, as well. Happy birthday, Travis Happy Kelsey. Birthday, oh, Travis. Yeah. He got a nickname this week. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Hey, I watched Kelsey on the plane coming in. The dock. Wow. Unreal. It's awesome, wasn't it? M- amazing. Tear- I'm- <laughs> Jason Kelsey's awesome. Yeah. I got yeah. teared up. I got emotional. Did oh, you yeah. say you got emotional? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. In the end. Yeah. People are looking at me on that plane like, Coach, you all right? Nah, yeah, but football. Fuck them, Coach. They don't get it. Yeah. They would never understand. If they don't understand, we don't want them that to was understand. Awesome. What a great job they did with that. Great. Yeah. That's on Prime, which you can see tonight before or after the beautiful Commanders-Bears game. Six-point spread. Yeah. That seems like a lot. Commies have been pretty good on offense. Who? What about the D-line for the commies? Commies. Think, you think about Justin Fields, and then you think about the D-line. It's like that feels like the matchup that just – Boom. Boom. Take command. Put your left hand up. Who are Who we? Are we? The, the commanders. commanders. Feels like it's too easy, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know. But it has it, felt like that. The Bears Thursday. fucking suck. Who was last no. Thursday? Let's go through Whoa. some numbers and you'll see why. Should have won last easy. easy. The, the Thursday? Oh, it sounds like AJ. Hold on. Let's, let's not. Let's I'm not. not a, I'm not reviewing my pick yet. I'm just saying the Bears should have won last. That's good. Okay. Good TV. Good internet. Thank you. And Denver's defense is what? Really good. Yeah, last in the league, I think. <laughs> but you got to take that with a grain of salt because of that Miami 70. Ooh. Ooh nice camera work. Oh! Nice. Oh, oh, that looked like a mortar. This one's in. I think so. Splash. Yeah. Yep. No rim. Chuck? No rim. Good call. Good call, Chuck. Good call. <laughs> Chuck's first practice back after beating leukemia. Mm-hmm. Punt period. Period one. He's got no hair. Still looks like he's kind of going through it. He's got a hoodie on. I'm backed up. Hit a shank. Starts motherfucking me immediately afterwards. <laughs> you know, what is this? You know, they started. He didn't motherfucking me. mocked me, though. Talked shit to me immediately. And it was at that moment I was like, 
Still got it. Yeah. Still got it. It was a beautiful thing. Appreciate you. You did pay attention more than most coaches, I would assume, to the punt period. You were literally like right there the whole time. Sometimes I'm like, After. is this guy trying to get him? Yeah, you trying to block this? He was all love special teams. Yeah. Fuck, Who love. ran the rugby punt the other day and right Giants. into the face with no? What are we doing? Yeah, we were doing that back <laughs> in the day. I texted Herbie. I said, hey, they're running uh, a little tackle over motion punt. The guy from uh, Scottish Hammer hit yeah. one on mm-hmm. the run or whatever. That was a college punt. That is from Oz. Uh, he's a rugby guy, so I guess probably from rugby for him. But normally, Aussie rules punts are the rollout ones. In the NFL, it's hard to do because only two people are allowed to leave the line of scrimmage before the ball is kicked. So everybody has to kind of set. So getting people moving to set there. But, buddy, you get on a roll and you connect on one of those. That ball's still flying. Going. Yeah, but if we don't block anybody and we're and we're running and the block point's supposed to be nine and a half and now it's one and a half from the line of scrimmage, that's a problem. Yeah, you're going to get... Other way. Yeah, Worst round in football. Oh, Lord. Swear word, re-kick, too. Don't want any of those. Coverage guys are gassed. Mm. Just like the commanders were on that that's last right. drive. Amen. And 36-year football coach, our coach, the people's coach, Chuck Pagano. Now, we got C.J. Stroud joining us in about 17 minutes, but I want to talk about a situation that is brewing in Carolina. And, Chuck, I feel like you will have the best perspective on this because you've been in the the profession for 36 years. Mm -hmm. 18 in the NFL. Tough business. Oh, yeah. You don't win, you're out of there. Okay, that's just what it is for coaches. There's how many million? $500 million? $800. million. Uh, $800. $800 million being spent around the NFL on fired coaches as of last offseason. Who knows what it is now with every contract getting bigger for every part of the NFL because the NFL is an absolute cash cow right now. But Chuck, down there in Carolina, Frank Wright's saying some stuff, outside voices, not inside voices, that like I don't think a lot of Panthers fans are necessarily pumped to be hearing. Like his answer about Adam Thielen when he said, I called a play, he's the head coach and the offense coordinator, and I love Frank Reich, but this is his fir- his voice saying this stuff, not us choosing for him to say this. He said, I called a play for Adam Thielen, and I didn't know Adam Thielen wasn't on the field at the time, and Adam Thielen was out, and that's what happened on that play, and then he's like, moves to the next one. He had no pizzazz in his answer. Nope. There's no real emotion there. We're only four weeks in to a regime change in Carolina. Bryce Young has the 33rd worst QBR out of all the NFL starting quarterbacks. There's only 33 of them in the stat comparison there. Is this the worst start to a regime that you can recall? And what happens with Frank Reich here if it continues to go terribly, you think? Well, Yeah, you hit that button. You hit the button. button. There you go. Better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's right. You're trying to learn gadgets. You're trying to learn gadgets. Hey, you know, when you get these jobs, right, you're not getting them because, like, everything was hunky-dory and you got a really good roster and you got a really good team. And just like a player getting picked number one, we were talking about Caleb Williams, his decision, do I stay, do I, you know, NIL. But you're, you're not going to go to an ideal situation. You're there because it's a reset, it's a reboot. You got to, you know, he's not a rookie head coach. He's been a head coach, but you got a rookie quarterback, you got a new staff trying to, you know, instill your culture, all this stuff. I, there were some things that I did that, like, I didn't go public with. Yes. And, like, if they found out okay. and they asked me, like, hey, <laughs> you called a play, like, and 
no, I didn't like offer that up because <laughs> some of it would get revealed. So you don't have to like less is more. Tina always told me less is more. Miss Tina. Less is yes, mis, like Miss T or Miss Terry. Miss Terry. Miss T. Miss Tina. Less is more. Quit putting your foot in your own mouth. So, um, yeah, patience. People don't have patience anymore. No way. Because of the money you're talking about, they don't care. Tepper's got a few bucks, right? Yeah. He's got plenty. Mm -hmm. Plenty. So you hope we all love Frank. Frank's a good dude. We love Frank. He's he's put a great staff together down there. That's all they've talked about. You got a young quarterback, new defensive coordinator. You're trying to get your systems in place. Um, Yeah, you, you hope that something happens because the issue is cj stroud is about to join us like you know the texans technically worse than the panthers last remember the panthers had to trade up to number one to get the first overall pick to draft bryce young and it's like they're the panthers fans you know we got josh mccann down there has been a quarterback long time andy dalton's down there quarterback long time frank reich obviously quarterback down there a long time jim caldwell is down there had a lot of success on the offense side of the ball around the nfl including with the indianapolis colts with peyton manning took him to the super bowl i happen to be on that team like they have a lot of good minds down there and then you look at bryce young's output and everything that's happened and you look at him getting rushed and hit and everything and the way it's going aj it's getting loud quick down there especially with the success of others happening in Houston and yep. what Anthony Richardson's doing right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a fascinating time for the Panthers fans, I would assume. Well, don't you think the longer it goes to where the, the Panthers and Bryce Young don't really put it together or don't really just flash or pop off the screen where you look and you see like, okay, that's a yes. game where we can see the future. There's a lot of pizzazz, as we like to say here in this program. Mm-hmm. But I think when you see all these other young quarterbacks, as you just mentioned, these guys putting up numbers, winning some games, and giving their, their teams a bunch of hope, and showing what the future might look like, I think the longer we see these other young guys playing well, yeah, there's going to be more and more scrutiny on the number one overall pick. Yeah, I think so too. Um, he was number one overall pick, though, not the number one overall pick team. No. Correct. That was still the Chicago Bears, who are uh, still the worst team in football. So, you know, they traded out of that. Wide margin. Yeah, everybody thinks mm-hmm. they're terrible. Yep. But speaking of, which is a shame, Zeno, you guys thought this was going to be it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lions favored by 10 against the Panthers this weekend. Holy hell. That's the biggest of the season thus far. Was there an 11? No, there's 14 no, last 12, week. Yeah, Niners, 14. Cardinals. Niner, which? Which, yeah, they, they ended covered. up covering. Miami's yeah. favored by, I think, 11.5 or 12 this week against the Giants. Oh, Bruce. Damn. Yikes. Bruce. Saquon? Wow, they it's suck. 10.5, Tony. Come oh, on. Oh, is it? Bruce? Oh, it's a fluid. The hey, line's fluid. Don't let us steal one down in South nah, Beach. You guys are going to be in Tootsies. Gump, Gump Every, already said, don't yeah, be worrying yeah, about no it. Chance. Since that boat picture, there's yeah. stats coming out. <laughs> yeah. Since that boat picture, what is it, 11 and 90 or something? Yeah. Oh, that's a fake one. Yeah, that was right. a fake there's one. There's actually uh-huh. a 12 out there if we want to do Bruce's segment against himself. What's that? There's 11 and a half, there's 12. Oh, uh, the well actually. Oh, uh, we just well actually. Oh! Panicking oh. back here. Panicking wow, back wow. here. Hey, Bruce, real quick, though. When I when I retweeted that fake number about them being 11 and 96 <laughs> since that boat thing, <laughs> still not good, though, because, like, it was believable. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even blink at it. It's like on oh, 11 and 93, of course they are. It should be thanks, worse. Thanks a lot, Trey Song. It should be worse. Do you remember that when they were wearing Tim's on that boat with yeah. Trey Song shirtless? That was awesome. Average oh, yeah. margin. I mean, uh, that's brought up a lot, I think. Well, yeah. not as often as it should Is be. Eli on the boat? So, Getz, to your point <laughs> no. about these blowouts and these spreads, 2021 average margin of victory through four weeks was 11, uh, 11.14. 2022 was 8.58 this year, so far through four weeks. 
12.58. Whoa, that's not the NFL. Everything's one score games. Remember, that's like all these stats. I mean, I would love to see what it is without Miami. The the 50 point win by Miami is that just does the outlier. Well, think these. about 37 3. Yeah, true. True. And I mean, and then 38 Sam Fran. And what you guys get? 31 6? Uh, there was a thirty to couple, six. There's a couple of them against thirty the to six. They um they've been I there's been a lot of them. Yeah, right? I've, lost, I've watched yeah. game. I mean the Patriots lost by thirty five points. I mean last year you could go through the whole deal and there would be maybe one or two outliers and everything else was one score game. Yeah, last year it was bad football nine six. Yes. Yeah, this year it's bad football blowout. Mm. Let's get it figured out. Yeah, don't hate the blowout. So I like points, 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 points. I'd rather that than nine six or yeah, twelve nine. And I love, and I don't know if this show is going to be one. And we're going to run into this situation at some point. There's going to come a time where a team in college or something is going to win like 120 to zip. Yep. Mm. And everybody's going to get mad at the 120 point team. This show will always be on the side of the 120 point team. Okay? Always. Did the other team know they were playing a game? Yeah. Okay. Uh, did they know they're going into the season to play this particular sport? Yep. Okay. Play better. Mm-hmm. That is, I am. Uh, I am always. So whenever teams are winning by thirty, I'm like, good for them. Just getting to enjoy and reap the benefits of all their hard work, all their commitment. And whenever they were up, they said, you know what? We're taking a shot again. Mike White to chosen Anderson <laughs> yeah. down the right. Like I, I enjoy. That's what sports are. I think. Like that is competition. And if you can't stop me, you don't want me dancing in the end zone. Yeah. Don't let me. There's fuck no reason to get there. pissed. There's no reason to get pissed. That's like back in the day when, when Baker came into Ohio State. They beat Ohio State. He tries to plant the flag in the field turf. People are like, oh, can you believe that? I'm like, yeah, he came in here and beat Ohio State. You can kind of do what you want for a little bit. I understand yep. why he did that. Yeah, not a lot of people can do that at the yeah. horseshoe against Ohio State, no. especially. So no. do your dance. Do your dance. Now, with that being said, it's going to be remembered. And when Bosa sacks you <laughs> in the NFL, <laughs> like five years, <laughs> he's going right. to do it. You know, like that comes with it, though. Like you beat a team yeah. by 120 or whatever, there's a chance that next week team that's good sees that. And yeah. They do it to you. Like, that is competition, but I don't want it on prime time. Oh, <laughs> I don't want, no. You know, I want to applaud that team at one o'clock. Say, hey, way to go. Way to hang 40 <laughs> yeah. on. Way to hang 70 yeah. on that team. Can't have it at prime time. We need, we need good jousts in the NFL. Feels like prime time over the last couple of years has not hit at a margin. Some shootouts. Let's get some shootouts on prime time, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. the last real one, to your point about the prime time games, was. KC versus the Rams, I feel like. When you guys were there, you and LA, yeah. That was a great game. Great game. What, 55 52? People were bitching about that one, though, too. Was that Monday night? No, defense, this ain't football. So the Bears only give up 34 points a game, and the Commanders give up 30. So you want a shootout? Boom. That's a shootout, baby. We're going to play some football. Maybe we get it tonight. You guys were talking blowouts. Allegedly, this is the most 20 plus point wins in the NFL through four weeks since 2014. Oh, so we're onto it. Wow. We know it. Damn. Listen, we just did. Why is that? Why is that happening? Because the top is so much better than the bottom. And like those teams that are even like 10, 11, 12 are so much better than 14, 15, 16. I'm so happy the Colts are in that. Yeah. Which one? Why is that top different this year, though, top. than other years? Yep. Top, t- six. top 13. I don't know. That's a great it's question. Weird. Is it defense? Because like I feel like last year, and Chuck, I guess this is a good question for you after watching the film and talking to all the defense coordinators and stuff like that. Last year, defenses were a shell, get your yards, red zone, we're locking it down. Guys weren't scoring touchdowns. 
Now, I feel like that eliminated a lot of explosive plays. Now, there were still explosive plays, obviously. Teams had them, and I think the Chiefs, or the Bengals, I'm sorry, were one of the best teams with explosive plays. This team, this season, they're the actual worst mm-hmm. in the NFL and everything like that. But I feel like this year, and it might be the Miami effect and things like that, oh. but it feels like there's more explosives. Defense aren't as patient as maybe they were last year. Am I wrong in thinking that? Or is that what you've noticed as well? No, it's it's week to week. you got to go in and say, okay, what do we got to do to make this team beat us left-handed? What is who's the game wreckers? What do we got to do to stop the team? And and if you're playing Miami like Buffalo, they're going to play shell defense. They're going to figure we're going to stop the run, you know, with with a light box and and not let you know Tyreek Hill and the rest of these game wreckers beat our ass. So uh, they're willing to you know bend but don't break, so to speak. And then like you said, play really good red zone defense. You gotta you gotta pick and choose, you know. And if the other guys can beat you, then you're screwed. Yeah, if they have a good supporting cast, I guess. But it feels like offenses maybe are getting better, and then they're not getting better at some points. That's a good question. Why is it happening? We don't I usually usually can point to like some rule change why offenses become more explosive or something. But there wasn't anything significant this offseason that I remember. Well, I think isn't a big part. I mean, like we always. Anytime we talk to people, it's like, hey, there aren't enough good quarterbacks to go around in the league. So, like, yeah, we have the top 12 guys who are always considered elite or whatever, but even some of those guys this year haven't been going off. And then, like, the middle to bottom of the pack, like, those teams just – they don't score points just because there aren't there aren't enough good quarterbacks to kind of keep up. Let's talk about a quarterback that has a new home this particular season, and that's with the Las Vegas Raiders. Jimmy Ward was on with Richard Sherman, and he talked about Jimmy G and his last conversation. A lot of things. Yes. Jimmy Ward was talking a lot of things with Richard Sherman, whose podcast is fantastic. He'll be on the coverage, obviously, tonight for Prime. Here's Jimmy Ward, formerly of the Niners, now of the Texans, with Richard Sherman. After the Chiefs game, when I when I had that bad game, my first game back, I went to Coach Kyle. I said, let me go to Coach Kyle. Let me look him in the eye and hear it from his mouth, hear it out of his mouth. Say, hey, man, I don't want to play nickel no more. I want to play safety. Oh, you don't want to start? And when he told me that, I said, no. I said, just put me on special teams. I'll ball at special teams. After that, me and Kyle never really, never talked the rest of the season. We never said anything to each other. And then that's why I said that at the, the Philadelphia game. And that's probably some of the stuff that went down with Jimmy, too. I don't know, man. Because I feel like Jimmy could have dressed out. I feel like Jimmy could have dressed out that last game. But, you know, you know how this go. Last exit me, I talked to John. John came in and was like, hey, Jimmy, you know, you know, I'm a Jimmy Ward fan. You know, we love you and this and that. Love to have you to come back. And I was like, okay, all right. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, ah, it's going it's gonna to be a t- time for it change of scenery. I already know what time it is. Like, come on, man. I've been around this business for a long time. Like, I'll holler at you, and i see you when, when I play you. So I told Miko, I was like, I said, man, this is my last year here. Wherever I'm going, I'm going to go play safety. I said, all the rest of the stuff, if you, you can use me. You're like, use my versatility. You're like, I understand I can do a lot of not a lot of nice things. Use it. But my main position needs to be safety. I've been telling y'all that for forever. And he said, well, if I get a head coaching job, I'm going to get you to come play safety for me. Give you an opportunity to come start safety for me. And that's, and that's how they went. Hey, man. Miko is coach D'Amico Ryans of the Houston Texans. Jimmy now playing safety. Last two games has played for the Houston Texans. How do you feel whenever you hear that story? And what are your thoughts on Jimmy being like, I appreciate the fact you guys got mad respect for me playing everywhere, but I need to be at safety, bro. I need to be playing safety. And in San Fran, their safety's positions stacked out there. Mm-hmm. Miko holds up his end of the bargain. Jimmy kind of says what he wants to do, and now it's working in Houston, it seems. Yeah, it is. It's. I mean, that's concerning that you're – a guy like him hasn't doesn't talk to his head coach for a long time. I understand offense, defense, they're, they're not as involved. Uh, I wonder how, yeah, like what, how much interaction they truly had. Like if they walk by each other in the hallway, do you know, they at least say hello or 
give him a little head nod. Like, what is it? Is it that bad? I don't know. But it's also Jimmy's wearing a C on his on his chest, too. He's yeah. a captain and all this stuff is happening. I noticed that in those pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating how one thing can kind of change and personalities and feeling something runs it cor- runs its course. But I appreciate Miko saying all right, man. Yeah, you like safety sweet. Yeah. If I ever get a head coaching job, I'm going to try to do my best. And he's doing that, obviously, down in Houston. And he's flipped that place very quickly. Yeah. From being dumpster fire to, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. What's going on in Houston right now? Yeah, like a legitimate program. It feels like the Texans are one of those teams that we're, we're going to look every week and they're probably going to be dogs a lot of the time. And it feels like you have to take them. It's also kind of, you know, I don't know how it works for a lot of places. Does a GM ever come up to a player at the end of the season where he knows he's a free agent and say, like, hey, we wouldn't love to have you back? Like, isn't that just common courtesy to just to say that no matter what? Or? I feel like those conversations, a lot of lip service, potentially get people out of the building. Yeah. Chuck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> Let's yeah. get this over with. It's a lot easier yeah. on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, you want to you wanna get out of here for your offseason. We want to get out of here. <laughs> I'm a fan, man. Obviously, <laughs> had you on. Yep, love to have you back. <laughs> That's that guy didn't want your ass. Yeah, big, yeah, not me. Yeah, I just want to let you know. Whenever whatever happens happens over the next few months, I'm a Jimmy Ward fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. That's the NFL, though. You know what I mean? Like people get cut at lunch. You know, so when contracts are up and mm-hmm. free agency comes around, you got young studs like. Yeah, Hufanga. He's so good. (laughs) So good at the football. And Jimmy knows that, knew that. Jimmy G, though, getting referenced in there, feeling like he could get dressed out. And I don't know if he thought maybe it was Jimmy G and Kyle having a situation. There's been a lot of stuff coming out about Jimmy G, though. Like, and I'm not, we're not going to run the video, but like Martellus Bennett, uh, Edelman, Julian Edelman, the McCourty brothers were on the call with him. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that people, like, Jimmy G notoriously. He's a winner. That's what I, that's the, that's the only thing. I, uh, yeah, exactly. Winner, he gets injured, which uh, right. which is unfortunate. Funny but guy. then a lot of people are saying now it sounds like like, yeah, are you injured? Or you hurt is is kind of the question that's being asked about yeah. Jimmy G. And people are being very open with it. It seems like now at this point, AJ Hawk. See, I I need to go check some of that. I I'm unaware of those comments, but that's. Yeah, it's concerning when you, multiple ex-teammates saying that. Yep. Martellus Bennett. <laughs> Marty B. He Marty B is one of the greatest speakers in the history of the NFL. <laughs> just so, and I had the incredible opportunity of sitting in a similar area of the Pro Bowl bus to our hour and a half practice facility in the middle of the desert nice. in Arizona, all the way back. Mm-hmm. So I got and Chris Carter was sitting right there, and JJ Watt was right there. Right. I think Jason Kelsey was there. Right. Connor Barwin was there. Right. Now they're kind of going through it. And boy, that became a nice fluid conversation. And Marty B was the star of it every single time <laughs> we were in there. So the more Marty B, I think he has an animation studio right now. Yeah, he does books, books, children's books. Right? Yeah, children's books. He's, he's, right, right. I mean, brilliant. Dude, brilliant. Right? Mm-hmm. And Dog. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. you know, like that yeah. is. So the things he said about Jimmy were a little bit more harsh than like Julian. <laughs> when Julian Edelman said it on I Am Athlete, he talked about Jacoby having to play one time with a torn ligament in his thumb at quarterback because Jimmy had a non-throwing arm shoulder. And the way Julian described it, he was like, you know, I'm getting shots in my ribs, shots in my ligament. I'm doing everything. Jacoby Brissett can't even squeeze a football, he's going out to play. 
And like he was alluding to Jimmy opting out of playing as opposed to not being able to play. And then Marty did the same thing. It's like, I didn't know this about Jimmy G at no. all. Yeah. I wonder if McDaniels knew this about him. Well, and all that happened, too, when Brady was hurt. So Jimmy G started the season for the Patriots during the Deflategate suspension that came in 2016, and Jimmy G was lighting the world on fire. They beat the Cardinals week one, and they were, I think they were seven-point dogs for some reason because it was when the Cardinals had Carson Palmer in that really good team. But, yeah, Jimmy G hasn't been kind of – talked about as far as New England goes because Sam Fran and Jimmy Ward stuff I wasn't paying that close attention I know in New England it, it wasn't that great as far as the players in Jimmy G so it's interesting because wasn't it at one point said Tom Brady tried to get Jimmy G out of here yep. yeah Jimmy's more handsome than him right mm-hmm. he plays better mm-hmm. and he's cheaper that's right Remember, that's what people that was the angle that people were saying Tom Brady if Bill Belichick wants Jimmy G Tom Brady does not want yep. uh Jimmy G and now the more we hear, I don't think that's the case. No. <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know if that was I don't know if it was just Tom that was saying that or if Tom had anything to say. Feels like it was everybody else. Let's go to college or some breaking news. Tez Walker, wide receiver for North Carolina. Uh at one point not allowed to play because the NCAA was not allowing him to play after multiple transfers, even though he started out at a school that he never stepped foot on, never played football at because it was a COVID year. Transfers to Kent State. Kent State, their coaching staff, head coach says, you know what, I don't want to be a head coach anymore. I'm going to go be an offensive coordinator for Colorado. Whole staff leaves, so he gets a chance to transfer to North Carolina, which is closer to home. The NCAA in this world of 40-year-olds playing in college and people playing eight years of college football and NFL and transfer portal and everything took a stand and said, nah, you're not allowed to transfer two times as an undergrad. You're not allowed to play for the University of North Carolina. It was a massive story at the beginning of college football, especially because we had the North Carolina-South Carolina game Mm -hmm. on college game day. All eyes pretty much there kicking off the season. Now, the NCAA has reversed its Opinion. The Indianapolis uh, News has reported that NCAA staff received new information regarding University of North Carolina student-athlete Tez Walker this week. Staff determined the new information qualifies Walker for a transfer waiver. The information had not been made available by UNC previously, despite the school's multiple chances to do so. The NCAA saying, excuse me, it is unfortunate that UNC (laughs) failed to provide this important information previously. While we must be careful not to compromise a student-athlete athlete's right to privacy when it comes to sensitive issues. We want to assure the Division I membership and everyone watching how the new transfer rules are applied. That this meets the new transfer waiver standards. UNC's behavior and decision to wage a public relations campaign is inappropriate and outside the bounds of the process UNC's own staff supported. Had the UNC staff not behaved in this fashion and submitted this information weeks ago, this entire unfortunate episode could have been avoided, says Charlie Baker, the NCAA president. Uh, And he's what, the president of the University of Georgia? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's also board of directors. And Division I chair. Oh, and chair. Jerry Moorhead. President of the University of Georgia. So two people sent this one statement. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Jerry Moorhead should have signed in with the NCAA here. Probably should have just kind of kept his distance. I assume there's a reason that he had to be involved in this. What was the information that wasn't given, I assume, months ago when this whole thing could have been resolved, AJ? Is it personal issues? What is that what they're trying to – I mean, the NCAA just completely putting it on North Carolina and they're – and all of them saying that, hey, it's your fault, your problem. Hey, yeah, he can play now, but if you would have done – yeah, the fact that they 
this statement, obviously, there's a lot of animosity between the two. Yeah, it feels like they are not getting along. The public campaign, they chose to run a public campaign instead of actually filing the right stuff. It's like, what has been presented this week that hasn't been presented by everybody for the last five, six weeks? Nonetheless, the NCAA continues to do NCAA stuff, even in a decision that is good for the NCAA. They try to make themselves look like assholes. Joining us now is a guy that's not an asshole. Nope. No, 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 no. Listen to this stuff that is happening. You want to know a record that has been broken this year? How long has the NFL been around? 100 and what? Four? Two years. 103. 103 whatever it is. 103 uh, years? Over 100. This next person that's about to join us has the most pass attempts without an interception to start his career in NFL history. Oh. Now, everybody's telling him that, so I assume there's a jinx out there somewhere, and at some point a ball is going to go from his hand to the other team. But it doesn't seem like that time's anytime soon because this dude has adapted to NFL football quicker than anybody could have imagined. He, Mahomes, Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, and Manning are the only ones in their first four games to throw for 300 yards each of them and have zero interceptions. Ladies and gentlemen, out of the Ohio State, C.J. Stroud. Hey, <laughs> hey, I just, uh, I, I think you heard all that. Earmuffs, obviously. You can't hear all that. We're not trying to jinx you and everything. But why do you think you've been able to take to the NFL game so quickly, so smoothly, seemingly? And why do you think you're having the success that you're having right now, CJ? Yeah, uh, it's good to see you again, Pat. Hey, you too, um, bro. Uh, but yeah, uh, for me, I think it definitely goes back to playing at Ohio State. Um, I wanted to play at the biggest stage against the best competition. And for, I mean, everybody who's played at Ohio State knows that every day in practice you're playing against the first rounder or somebody who's really good on the other side. So the competition that was bred at practice definitely helped and then having Coach Day. Um, so God blessed me with the opportunity to go to a school like that. And then I learned uh, my lessons in preseason. I think that was really big for me to uh, have a little trouble at first and then grow every week. Every week I just wanted to get better. So, um, yeah, man, it's been a blessing. But, I mean, it's just beginning. Yeah, obviously it's just the beginning, and we're very excited to watch the rest of your career, and the NFL is lucky to have you. What has it been like with D'Amico Ryans in the NFL building? Because at Ohio State, you played a lot of football there. You were the leader there. You're C.J. Stroud. Here now, you're supposed to be the leader because you're the quarterback, but you're the youngest guy. How have you taken to that role as the quarterback of an NFL team with a new head coach, but also being the young guy? How's the balance there for you, C.J.? Yeah, um, it was it was a learning process for me. I definitely uh, appreciated D'Amico. He, he kept it real with me uh, right when I got in and said, I want you to be a leader, but you have to earn it. And for me, I've always wanted to earn stuff, never been given anything. So um, I just wanted to build trust for my teammates and uh, bond with guys, not only uh, on the field and in the building, but off as well. Um, so I've had opportunities to um, bring my guys out to L.A. Um, I've had guys over my house, uh, gone golfing, bowling. Um, just little things, man, to build that trust off the field. So when we get on the field, man, we want to go to battle for each other. And I think definitely when you're um, when you're preaching something or you're trying to be a leader and explain something, it means more when uh, the guy who's saying something is actually doing it on the field and, it, and it's proof in the pudding. If I was just saying whatever and not putting it on the field, they would have the right not to listen to me. So. Um, I definitely think that that has to do with being a good leader is that you have to put on the field as well. Yeah, everybody just looks at you as a fugaze if it's not the case. Oh, shut up, especially in the men's league. But <laughs> you have picked up right where you left off in college. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah, do you have any like uh, older quarterbacks or retired guys or mentors that you, you reach out to and you lean on and try to you know pick their brain or figure out how they may have handled some kind of situation? 
Yeah, um, I had a, a lot of opportunities this offseason to meet with a lot of uh, former quarterbacks, even athletes in different sports. So The white uh, party, right? Yeah. Weren't you at the white party? You are at the white <laughs> yeah, party? Yeah, man. Whoa. Oh! Yeah. oh! 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 Here we go. <laughs> 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 it was a good time, man. But really, the whole time, I was around Joe Burrow, and I got to talk to him the whole time. Uh, gave me a lot of great feedback, a lot of advice. Um, and for him being a former Buckeye going to LSU and then being the first uh, – uh, the first pick in the draft, man, he understands right where I'm at now. And he gave me a lot of a lot of great advice. Um, got to talk to Michael Vick, who was my my hero, my idol growing up, and somebody that was my fa- he was my favorite player probably in sports, other than Kobe and Kevin Durant. Um, so talking to him, man, he had a lot of great advice for me. Um, and I actually got to talk to um Tom Brady, uh Michael Rubin, uh, who was a great friend of mine, through a um a little lunch for me. Um, Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson at his house in L.A. for rookie premiere. Talked to Tom Brady and Travis Scott. They gave us a lot of good games. So um, for me, I'm just trying to be a, uh, a sponge and soak every uh, sense of knowledge and wisdom uh, so I don't have to learn the hard way and learn from their mistakes and put it into my game so I can be better. Yeah, you're mature beyond your years. And whenever we go back to the draft process, and I don't want to have to do this, there was a lot of dumb shit getting said about you. There was a test that we had never heard about that got propelled into this thing. It almost felt like somebody was trying to kind of take you down the draft. And in the NFL, that'll happen draft season because another team might actually float those who have a lower pick trying to get you to slide. At what moment did you realize that none of that mattered? The Texans didn't hear any of that noise. And did you ever have a doubt that you wouldn't be a great NFL quarterback? No, no, sir. Um, I always, I, I, I actually, uh, I heard a quote Deion Sanders said a couple weeks ago. Um, and uh, shout out to Deion, what they're doing at Colorado. Hell yeah. Um, but uh, he was, ba- I don't know verbatim what it was, but he was basically saying, "Man, y'all ain't, y'all ain't making me. So how are you gonna break me?" Like, so I've always been doubted my whole career since I've been in high school. Um, and for me, uh, my dad always taught me. He gave me a really, really strong quote. I always use now: "As comparison is a thief of joy." Um, so. I seen that how people were doing me, but I was like, man, if they weren't saying anything crazy, then it would probably be a problem. Um, but for me, I don't I don't try to let nothing. Um, I don't try to prove anybody wrong. I want to prove myself right and people who believe in me. Right. Because um, if you try to prove everybody wrong, you'll be sleepless, restless, because everybody always has something to say. And I always tell people, everybody knows how to be NFL quarterback, be an offensive coordinator, be who we are and what we live every day. And I know y'all have lived that life. So um, for me, man, I just knew that if I put in the work, and that I trust myself and I knew that God put me in the right situation, which I feel like he's done. Uh, man, I, I had nothing but success on the way, man. And so I'm super blessed to be able to have the mindset to let all that stuff go. And I don't I don't care. Like, at the end of the day, those people have a job to do. And uh, the more criticism they give out, the more they probably get paid. But um, I'm making them write a different story now. Yes, absolutely. And now that we're watching what you're doing in the NFL and after we got to meet you and everything like that and watch you in person at Georgia play, it was like everything we were hearing just felt like such bullshit. It was like, yeah. this is all. And now I know you want to prove your people right, but I'm like, proud of you for proving all these people wrong. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Proud of you for proving all- We will be proud of you for proving a lot of people wrong. Speaking Appreciate about it. proving people wrong, we talked to Kirk Herbstreit a little bit ago. And he has tonight's game with the Commanders and the Bears, obviously Ohio State guy. And he talked about how what he has witnessed and experience he feels like is that quarterbacks that have a lot of experience in college 
tend to do a little bit better in the NFL earlier because they're callous. they kind of been there. They've seen things. They've done things. They've experienced things. And he brought up about how at the beginning of your career at Ohio State, you guys lost to, I forget, Oregon, Oregon or Oregon. something like that. And like mm-hmm. the Ohio State fans who are notoriously very passionate and also very not patient. They are not patient at all. They want it all right now and they don't, they don't have time for anything else and nonsense. Do you think like that, those moments of experiencing down disappointment have empowered you to be the human that you are now and the mental toughness that you have now to battle against whatever's going to be coming ahead in the NFL? Yes, sir. Yeah. You hit it on, on the nail, man. Uh, that those first couple games in my career were really hard on me. Um, I, I went through a lot, uh, got a lot of uh, harsh comments, death threats. Well, you can name it, man. Um, and at the time, I didn't understand what I was going through, but uh, God was putting me through a, a process where he was trying to put that callus on me, make sure that I was tough enough to to be ready for what he was preparing me for. And it helped me humble once I did get the success. So uh, I would never go back and change anything, but I definitely do. Th- I definitely do think everything that happened to me in my career uh, was on purpose and uh, God had a plan throughout that. Um, and I wouldn't go back for nothing, man. Uh, it was tough, like really, really tough. Even on my family, um, I've had a, a, a lot of crazy things going, a lot of crazy things being said. Um, but then again, man, it, it puts a different type of like fire on you. Like it adds fuel to the fire, it makes you want to work a little harder. And for me, I knew that coming into the situation I was in, um, being drafted early, it might not have been the best situation, or it might have could it could have been. All all I knew is that I was going to work my tail off every day uh, to not only. Uh, play well, but to bring that city up uh, to show that I was that I wanted to be there. Because uh, in Columbus, man, a lot of people didn't want me there, but I wanted to be there, and I and I knew that I would fall in love with it. Um, and I and I fought for those people and, uh, to rep, rep the Buckeyes. Uh, as true and true as they could. So I feel like that time definitely prepared me for where I'm at now. Man, you are so mature. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is very easy to see why this has kind of worked so early. You know, speaking to your point about Ohio State fans and everything like that, you talked about Houston Texans fans wear, having pride whenever they wear Texans gears out in public, and you're going to work every day for that. How has the city of Houston embraced you, and how awesome is that crowd in that state? That's the loudest stadium that I've ever played. I didn't get to play in Seattle, so I can't make a comparison. But every time the Colts come to town with, hey, I think it's going to be a thing between you and AR, too, probably for the next two decades. But it was prime time for the division. That place was incredible. What have you learned about the Houston fans that maybe you didn't know on the night you were drafted? Yeah, they accepted me with, with, with arms open, man. I uh, I remember the moment I got drafted. I'm walking up the stage. I just got done bawling my eyes out, crying. And really, the first fans that were right off the stage were the Texans fans, and uh, they started going like this. I'm like, "What's that?" So I went down there and I asked them, and they gave me all like little feedback. Told me that uh, that was the sign for H Town, and and we love our city. So right then and there, I was told that man, Houston is important. Um, and then I, once I moved here, man, uh, a lot of people just welcomed me with open arms. It was very cool. Uh, got offered uh, some 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 jewelry from Johnny Dance. So I knew it was real. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and then Bun B, all them guys hit me up. Uh, man, it's been nothing but love. Um, but to be honest with you, at first, man, our stadium's been dead. And I feel like it's it was a right. Like, it was on, like, you have to earn for people to come want to watch us play. And I think these last couple games have, have proved that, man, if y'all don't come and watch, man, y'all missing out on the show. Because uh, And that's what I want to bring. I want to bring – it was my first time not playing in front of a, a full crowd and I don't know how long, like, since I've been in college. Every game we played in was 110, 115,000 or something crazy like that. 
Um, so at first it wasn't really like that, but this last game is the Steelers was rocking. Like, man, people came and they showed up and showed out. And even the Steelers fans came and we sent them home. Um, and the Texans fans definitely, definitely were happy. Yeah, um, you bums. Going. Go home, Steeler fan bums. Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't there personally. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you should have been. <laughs> I you turned know? it off early. Yeah, well, well, understandable. I think a lot of Steelers fans are doing that. thought the JJTJ thing might be too much energy for the Steelers to do it. And at every corner, you got your team's turnaround has been remarkable. You don't know that because you're at Ohio State while the Houston Texans were experiencing the reason why those stadiums weren't sold out at the beginning of the season. But, damn, it's been magical to watch. AJ, go ahead. Ahead, pal. CJ, we watched a lot of your high school basketball highlights on this show. Actually, I'm very impressed. Have you have you been playing in Houston at all? I don't know how if you play during the season or not. Your coaches probably don't want you to do that. But are you? Uh, you think you're still the you're the best basketball player on the Texans? Oh, it's not even close. Uh, I, I'm, I'm. I don't know, man. We had uh, George Fan, a right tackle. He played in college at Western Kentucky, so he probably might be the only one to like give me a run for money. But I'm definitely the best shooter. Um, but no, nah, basketball definitely was my first love, and I'm glad it's kind of resurfacing so people know I can hoop, man. That's my <laughs> that's my love, man. I really love basketball. Uh, Go Lakers is my team, and um, a lot of the basketball things that I did translate to football. Like, I warm up with a basketball now, so um, that definitely uh, translates to my game. Anthony Davis, the new face of the Lakers? That's what LeBron just said. True. Whatever LeBron say, probably go, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I like Brian. Uh, Ty has a question for you. Yeah, CJ, I know you mentioned how D'Amico said, like, hey, he wanted you to be a leader, but you have to earn it. I'm just curious, what's your relationship been like with him? Obviously, him being a defensive guy um, and him being a first-year head coach, but what's he like in the locker room and uh, just how, how much have you enjoyed being around him early on here? Man, it's been nothing but amazing and a blessing. Um, somebody who has done it before, um, and has played at a high level and has been in the organization, man, you can't, like, write that up. You have to, like, live that. And for him, uh, he's been nothing but a blessing to all of us. Like, uh, he understands what we're going through on a daily basis. And he doesn't – I wouldn't say he, he doesn't seem like a head coach because he is, man. He's stern. He's hard on us. Uh, he holds everybody accountable, man. But uh, he's really, like, a, a brother of ours. And you and people want to play for him is what I'm meaning. Um, he, he, he still has some juice and some fire to him. He shows it. On the sideline, he's active. Uh, he's he's constantly talking to me um, and, and Bobby, our OC, uh, making sure that we're we're on our on our stuff. Um, but at the same time, he's supporting us through and through. And it's been nothing but amazing, man. He's um, drafted uh, all rookies who come from winning programs, which I think was on purpose. And we've bought into the foundation that we're setting. And we're really trying to flip this thing around, man. So uh, it's blessed. It's a blessing to have somebody like D'Amico. How's your relationship with Will Anderson? Obviously, you guys go back to back. That was a big deal on draft night. Haven't really chatted much about Will Anderson uh, since you have had your dominant start. That's the nature of the beast. You're the quarterback. He plays on defense. But how has your relationship with Will been? And how have you seen him kind of acclimate to the NFL as well? Man, Will is a dog. Like, none but a dog, man. He He makes it hard at practice and uh, maybe the stats might not show what he's doing, but if you cut on the tape, like man, he he he's flying around. He's pushing. He's pushing the pile. He's setting the edge. Um, he's doing everything that he needs to do to make plays for everybody else. And that's what really stuck out for me from him um, in college. Man, he was so unselfish. Like you know, some defensive ends or defensive players just want to make the tackle. They want to make the play. But Will is is cool with taking on the double team or taking the, the right gap and freeing up his backer to make the tackle. Um, that shows up on film time and time again. But, man, me and Will are real close, like, off the field. It was my birthday a couple of days ago. And, hey! 
Yeah, I appreciate it. How old are you? Yeah, uh, 22. I just turned 22. Come Bro, on. I'm going to read some of this shit, okay? <laughs> I'm going to read. You're 22. You were 21 doing this. He was 21 years old doing yeah. doing this right here. 1,212 yards, six TDs. On pace for 5,151 in 26 TDs. Most pass attempts without an interception to start a career in NFL history. I said that at the beginning to intro you, and I think you heard it or whatever. Are you aware of this and what you're doing, and why do you think you've been so good at protecting the football when there's that's the problem that rookie quarterbacks have? They get deceived by the defense. I know you said it was Ohio State, but like when you're on the field, what – is it just your style of play you think that has been made you a great NFL quarterback this type of time? Is it your understanding of defenses? Are you seeing and understanding defenses quickly? Like, what do you think it is? Yeah, I, I, for me, I mean, I think, uh, of course, like everybody sees my numbers and see what what's, what I'm doing, but it's the guys around me. Uh, my O-line, like if, you, if you've seen, we've had four different groups of O-line in four games, and the guys who constantly rotate in, and they're battling, they're, they're fighting their tails off. And those first two games, I was holding on to the ball. And um, I wasn't really getting it out. And uh, as I've learned, man, holding the ball just, just gives the defense another chance to hit you and hurt you. And, and they don't want you, they want the ball. So uh, that was a hard lesson I learned. Um, but for me, man, I, I, don't, I really I appreciate everybody showing me love. But just like they show you love, they'll show you hate. So uh, I throw all that stuff away. Um, I, I just try to stay even kill and, um, and just stay humble, man, because just how much they love you, is how quick they'll hate you in the flip of a coin. So um, I, I throw all the all the uh, praise, all the negativity, whatever it is, man. I just try to focus back on that on that week, enjoy wins. But right when Monday hit and that Tuesday hit, man, I'm on to the next team, watching film, trying to get better and, and do it again uh, and do better. Um, I can always go back in, on my film and, and get better at, at a couple little things and a couple big things as well. So um, it's cool to to see my work pay off a little bit, but. Uh, I want to do a lot more. I want to be great in this game. And I have uh, the people around me and the offense to do it in. And uh, I'm really blessed to be able to go out there on Sundays and, and, and prove myself right. We've seen, by the way, incredible answer. Yeah. Incredible. Very lucky. The Texans are very lucky that they got the guy there. But phenomenal appreciate answer there. Um, and I appreciate it. It feels like that's your first thought, too, which means you're, yeah, you're the guy. But is, have defenses done anything that have completely blown your mind? Or have you been pretty pretty comfortable with what you're seeing pre-snap uh, for what ends up happening post-snap? Well, the defenses are really smart, and they do a great job of disguising things. And um, the edge rushers and D-linemen, um, man, they're, they're all really, really good. DBs are smart with the eyes, their technique, their leverage. They use their leverage to their advantage. Um, but for me, my film study is what really helps me a lot. Um, trying to watch film on little details, little nuances, leverage, um, just – consistent things I might be able to pick up when I get out there. So I'm playing with uh, my instincts and I'm, I'm more so um, reacting to it more natural than I am like kind of just uh, letting it happen before I know what's going on. Um, and sometimes they do get you, but um, it's about extending the plays and trying to make a play uh, even when uh, the play call isn't right or whatever the case may be. But more times than not, man, our offense does a great job of getting the ball in my hand and, and defeating zone if it's man. Uh, uh, my guys on the outside do a great job winning it, man. Uh, but at first, it was it was a little different. Um, uh, coming from the Big Ten, there's a lot of defensive coordinators that were in the NFL, so it kind of played similar. Uh, but there's no mimic in the NFL. Guys are fast, and the windows close re really fast. So their footwork, the timing, and um, all that has to be superb. And I remember my coach, um, Coach Day, and my assistant quarterback's coach, Coach Fitch, 
uh, at Ohio State. And Coach Dennis, my quarterback's coach, always told me, man, if you play with great feet and get great eyes, everything will take care of itself and you'll play great. You've been putting things in a bucket, too. Yeah. yeah. It's all, I hate that you're that. in the AFC South. Absolutely hate everything about it. Go ahead, AJ. Uh, how, how much different do you feel now when you break the huddle and you're walking to the line of scrimmage compared to maybe your first preseason game with the Texans? Oh, uh, man, it's nine day. <laughs> it is nine day. That's one thing that's not easy. Um, cause really at first in OTAs and training camp, we didn't use a wristband or anything like that. So, uh, our OC Bobby Slowick was doing amazing job. He would just spit the plays out and sometimes it goes out. Sometimes you got to piece it together. Um, so man, you got to put in a lot of work on the front end. Um, I watched the, the documentary quarterback, um, this off season. And, um, that really paints a good picture on what we go through week, on a week to week basis, the work that you have to put in. Uh, to even give yourself an opportunity and a chance to play well and lead your guys to victory. Um, that documentary, man, if you ever want to make it feel how it is to play uh, NFL quarterback, man, I will watch it because uh, it's not easy, but the work you put in is what you get out. You got two old white people coming to your basement to work on your body like Kirk Cousins had or no? <laughs> no, sir. Okay. <laughs> no, sir. Everything's in-house, man. Uh, I appreciate that. Hey, CJ, speaking of in-house, I know you have more work to do today. Big game against Atlanta this weekend. We appreciate you. Keep going, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate y'all, man. No problem. You're the best, ladies and gentlemen. All right, God bless y'all. Hey, hey, you and AR, tight, right? That's my dog. Yeah, it's my brother. I feel like, hey, you two are... Yeah, seen a lot. That's for y'all mm -hmm. to talk about, man. <laughs> All right, let's... my guy on there, man. He's playing really well. That's my dog, man. I'm super happy for him. Hell yeah, well, that's what I'm talking about. Like, the AFC South was not supposed to be shit this year. And then you two have come in, and it's a whole different ball game. So we appreciate the hell out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, CJ sir. Stroud. Yeah, yeah. CJ! So... Seems pretty, seems pretty mature, hey, as you Special kid. Yeah. I would say. Colts are so... Fucked. Holy so, shit. So, Holy you took from it? shit. That's kind of what I was thinking while he was talking, but we got a guy, too. Yeah, that's, that's not true. crazy. That's true. We got a guy, too, but, yeah, it feels like he was, yeah, sometimes they're going to get you, then you got to extend the play. It's like mm -hmm. that old I'm seeing ghost thing from NFL Films, Darnold, I think. Mm -hmm. That yeah. was his second year or third year or whatever. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes was on the shop. Uh, yeah. with LeBron, and he said it wasn't until like his second year, he kind of understood, or third year, he didn't start understanding what defenses are doing. To have no interceptions, you have a pretty good idea of what's coming, and that Steelers defense is not an easy... Yeah. Well, that, what's that? Well, I think they're like 32nd or 31st. Oh, no! Tony. Now they are. Oh, no, I thought the defense was the entire thing over there. Yeah, there's no 29th, Tony. Oh, <laughs> no! But they're on the field. They're 34 minutes... Time of possession Jeez. on the field. So, hey, so I was on a call yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yep, here we go. I was on a call yesterday. Oh, and yeah. A former head coach is on the, on this call with us, right? And he's talking about they had him break down. Jeff Fisher. CJ's no, CJ's <laughs> last game, and this guy's had. I mean, one Super Bowls with Super Bowl winning quarterback. Mike Morris. Yeah. And he said, John Gruden. Huh? Who would you say? Mike Morris. Could be. Okay, um, great show on turf. Yep. So, yeah. so that's who it is. A guy that is very, very Kind of hated Kurt Warner, hated right? Kurt Warner. Kind of hated Kurt Warner, but they had a lot of success. Yep. But Is that who you're talking about, one of those guys? It's that same guy, I His think. fundamentals, his technique, he mentioned his footwork, anticipatory throws, the cognitive whatever that is, like that test, the way he processes and sees things, and then the arm talent is like, off the freaking charts. He's looking over here. He's getting pressure here. He's got a guy over the ball, 
and he throws, I don't know if you remember this throw, uh, uh, like a 10, 12-yard out route on the far side for a first down, kind of off, and it's like, yep. he said, for, the, for a guy this young and this talent, I mean, I've never seen, broke down a film wow. and, and saw a guy as a, I mean. His stats are saying it too, you yeah, know what I mean? No, he's, he says th- this guy is. Um, special. He's special. He is, the, he is the real, real deal. Yeah, that, that Brady one and Manning, that isn't rookies. That is all time. That those are the only quarterbacks to ever do it. Yeah, yes, to, in the history, 103 years, yeah. 104 years, yeah. or whatever. And AJ, he talks about having to be callous there. Shout out to the Ohio State fans, just yeah. you know, threatening his life yeah. and then making him humble forever, just yeah. being like, "If I don't play good, I know what could come on the other side." It's a bunch of Ohio fucks telling me they're going to kill me. <laughs> show up at my house. It's like, why are you a piece of shit on the message board? Some, yeah, why are you on a message come board on. trying to kill this guy? But like, are I there had, message boards still. Oh, I think yeah. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I think you know. Oh yeah, there's still. There. They do not like me. <laughs> Most of those message board active people, but like, um, for me, and I don't want to. The show is named after me, but after I got those twenty-seven death threats, you know, at West Virginia, and I thought about disappearing and that whole thing. Like that moment really changed me forever. Like how I view life, how I view humans, who I'm going to be, how I'm going to be. And then in moments of bad time, you kind of lean on that. Like hearing him say like that thing, that kept him humble. And then he said, they didn't want me there, but I wanted to be there. It's yeah. like, he, he's he got the right stuff. And you know, those types of moments suck, but he'll carry that forever. And it feels like he's never stopping. What a perfect mindset from a guy, even though he had to go through some shit to get it, obviously. Well, yeah, don't you think when you go through something that is crazy physically hard or crazy mentally tough on you or very difficult from the outside, once you get through it and you realize, hey, I'm good, I'm alive, and if you start to play better and things start going well, you're like, what? there's nothing you can do to stop me. I've, I've dealt with already. Like, what else can you do to knock me down? I think that's where things like that are great. We all need – everyone needs adversity. Everyone yeah. needs something throughout the, your whole time. You need to always be constantly reminded of that to kind of keep you, I think, on the right path. His humility is off the charts because he knows, like, because when you play that good and they throw all those flowers at you. Oh, yeah, he's not. He's not taking it. Because the quarterback and the coach, when you win, I mean, they get too much of the credit, right, and too much of the blame when you lose. So he's fully aware of that, and he knows he's going to stay humble. He knows all these nice things they're saying about him. He's just taking it with a grain of salt. Going to work. He's never going to be able to accept a compliment again. No. Never. Because, oh, you're just saying this just to. That's just now. Nope, not. I'm walking too high on the high, mm-hmm. too low on the loche. You got to ride right here through the edge and the floche. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Chuck, ain't that right? You got to be like this. You got to be like this. Blinders. The edge and the floche. Blinders and earmuffs, baby. D-butch, keep your blinders on. <laughs> earmuffs. A-cush, earmuffs. Bush. Chuck, did you used to speak with a lisp like that? Because I don't, I don't hear it much anymore. No, when he gets well, comfortable. Yeah. Now, it's a show talk. We yep. heard it last year. Oh. Yeah, whenever he gets comfortable and he just starts getting like a little bit lazier with his proper pronunciation, mm-hmm. he starts sounding some like... some booze in him, maybe. Yeah, some he booze. Start, he starts sounding like the Godfather. You know, yeah. that, that's, that's literally with his hair, doing his hair uh-huh. fucking... I mean, it's a yeah. full... That's real. This it, morning, he's a Jesus crush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned uh, during that interview, though, that I need to stop blaming the white party because he's playing great. It, it's not the white party's far, fault why Joe Burrow is not playing good at all. Yeah, how about that, though? Got a chance to talk to Joe Burrow at the white party. We're mm-hmm. just kind of hanging off to the side. We didn't really understand why we were doing or where we were doing, and there's full photo shoots as soon as you walked in with the most famous people on earth. I'm just asking Joe Burrow about ball. Mm-hmm. We take a couple photos. We look cool talking about ball. Then he has Tom Brady to get to chat with. It's like that's that type of information can be – Game-changing, if you take it right. Like, 
There's not a lot of people that can digest information, though, from or knowledge from people and game from people and apply it. You know, there's a lot of people that, like, hear it and know it but can't act on it because it's really hard to be an NFL quarterback. Seems like he's been able to do it. And D'Amico feels like the right guy to be his head coach with his energy and his juice. We'll see what happens with that offense, though, because Bobby Slowick, who he gave a lot of love to, if you do too good here. Yeah, he's going to be gone. He's he's going to be a head coach somewhere. What do we do next? You know, and D'Amico knows that. I assume he has people in waiting. But that's the thing. Whenever you – when you sign a defensive head coach – the offensive guy, if they have success, probably going to be in conversation to be a head coach elsewhere. How do you maintain that without having your quarterback have to go through four offenses yeah. Yeah. because he's too talented? I don't know. Let's get to tonight's game to make some picks here, shall we? Hell yeah. Oh, no. What? Zito said another bad thing has happened with Michigan State. A Michigan State professor was placed on leave after it was discovered he was actually a fugitive using a fake name who had been yeah. busted for running a meth lab right. in Louisiana before fleeing the South to avoid prosecution, and it wasn't a top-two story in East Lansing this week. It is never dull. That's via Justin Spiro. So these guys have Jeez. professors that aren't even real humans. <laughs> Okay, not even real humans oh, in Michigan no. State. What That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Frank Abagnale. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if this is a negative. This is fucking sweet. Well, it's sweet for the guy for sure to yeah. pull this off. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. For Michigan State, this established university. Was who he a chemistry uh, teacher? So, I mean, if he was Probably in there cooking be. up significant figures oh. with the <laughs> chemistry folks in the lab, mixing it up, what if he's still cooking meth? That's by the way, they could be. Has to. This is a. I mean, shout out to all these kids who are in one of his classes, though, going to get an A for the semester. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also, oh, yeah. learning from somebody yeah. that has done it. You know, a yeah, lot of professors right. talk about it. Exactly. Because that's the reason why they're professors, because they're not necessarily those who can do, those who can't coach or teach. Bingo. Bingo. Okay, that's kind of the thing. This guy can, and also, turns out, not a bad professor. No oh, breaking no. bad situation. No, yeah. Nobody was yeah. really that. Michigan State, though. It wasn't always it like this. You got fake yes, teachers. It was not always like this. Okay. I'm not going to go through everything that's happened in Michigan State because, uh, you know, Michigan State people will try to cancel us. You're the fucking ones doing all this. Okay? Yeah. It's not my fault that we're just relaying the information. This guy. Who vetted this guy? Michigan State, probably. Uh, Which is the problem. Kinesiology, much too. Different in these that's pictures. a tough major. Yeah. That's Dewey Finn from Holy School of Rock. That's a good play. That's a good play, by the way. Shave the beard, tighten it up, put some glasses on. Yeah, I'm a professor. Yeah, look, yeah. <laughs> he looks like a professor. Looks way different, yeah. Oh, shit. What, what was his name? Michigan State University instructor Brendan Doyle. Professor Doyle is actually Jaden Beard. Oh, the students found it. <laughs> hmm? Students found news articles linking him to a bust oh. of a Louisiana meth lab. In March 2020, LaForche... Parish Sheriff's deputies found a meth lab under a bridge over a canal. Okay, pretty descriptive. With smoke coming from a bucket, according to a... This guy was cooking outside. Holy this shit. This guy did not care. Didn't even have a house. He said, you can't blow up a house. You do this under a bridge. Breaking bad before the, breaking bad. The deputy soon connected Doyle, then a professor at Nichols State University, to the lab and obtained arrest warrants, but discovered he had fled the state. So this guy was previously a professor who was cooking meth on his side. Yes. Ah, this is breaking oh. bad. Yes, yeah. it is. This is... This is a, right? I didn't yeah. watch that. Yeah. No, yeah. To Exactly. Jesse was student, right? Yes. At one point yep. of Cuz? Yeah. yeah, he was a high school uh, chemistry yes. teacher, not a college professor, but same deal. I hope they recognize that this is art, too. Yeah. What this guy did. Hustler. Yeah. What a fucking. Wait, place. so he changed his name and then got hired from Michigan State after that Nickel State deal? Yeah. It, did he change his name? I think so, right? Did they? Would have had, 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 had to. He has a warrant. I would assume they yeah, if there's a warrant out, how do you get a yeah. gig? 
And yeah. how did he change his name and they didn't figure anything? That's thing? what I mean. Months later, they arrested Doyle after he was seen packing a moving truck at his residence. He was charged with creation or operation of clandestine. Okay, what happened next is somewhat unclear. The local prosecutor who would have handled Doyle's case told the state news they have no records of Doyle being tried or sentenced. <laughs> this guy's awesome. Stole a record. Captain Brennan Mathern of LaForge Parish Sheriff's Office said in an email to the state news that based on our jail records, I can see that he was found guilty and served a sentence and then was released. That sentence didn't appear on the criminal background check MSU conducted before hiring Doyle this fall, MSU Deputy Spokesperson Dan Olson said. But students in Doyle's class quickly sleuthed out his past. Kinesiology sophomore Mackenzie Alby, hey, she's a fucking dog. Oh, yeah. Who was in one of Doyle's classes said students were suspicious of Doyle from the start. This guy's fucking weird. On the first day of class, <laughs> he had a yelling outburst telling students to shut up. Oh, I love that. And he said he would not answer questions about MSU's D2L assignment software because he didn't know how to use it. <laughs> they won. <laughs> I won't be answering any of your fucking questions. He wasn't trying to lay low, this no, guy. No. Then on the second day, Doyle had another outburst. She said yelling at an MSU IT employee who was five minutes late to set up a live stream of the class. That was the last time all be saw, Doyle. <laughs> He canceled the next three classes last minute and said he had a stomach flu. According to emails obtained by the state news, those absences weren't new for Doyle. A student in one of Doyle's classes at Nichols State, Isabel Champagne, told her student newspaper that in the months before his arrest, Doyle would often send an email saying he was sick. Cancel class. Forget about it. So he didn't have a fake name? He just... He would have had to have, right? Because they if they said that he served jail time, so I don't... I mean... Can't like, there was no record. Yeah. Can't be a felon. Right. So they, he said he put his real name and then they did a background check. Here in Indiana, they just let a murderer out, remember? Because they just... Uh, oh, yeah. They just kind of just checked a box that cleared his, yeah. mm -hmm. yep. his entire history. Clerical error. Clerical error in two different states. One was in Colorado because he had something in Colorado. Then he had something here in Indiana. And somebody just cleared them from the system. And this dude was released like the next day. Like, hey, yeah. Good to go. You're good to go. Wow. <laughs> he was a murderer. Just roaming, uh, roaming around Indiana. I think it found him in Missouri or something like Jeez. that. I forget where it was a few days later. That was shortly after the moonwalk up the wall in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, MSU tied to another not so great thing. Nope. Hey, MSU alum, swallow that. Why don't we fix it up there? Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. I promise you guys it wasn't always like this. I'm pretty yeah. sure the only good thing left is Tom Izzo at Michigan State University. Well, and hopefully I don't dive into him. Who knows? No, watch your mouth, okay? I'm That's Tom Izzo. Well, yeah, Tom Izzo. Has Iron Mountain, Michigan. January, February, Izzo. That's right. April. May. And they got a really good squad this year. Guys been to the Final Four in years. What if you guys lose your through. ability to be a school? Has anybody thought about that? Shut the doors. Yes. What's that? What are you going to say? Chuck, Chuck can't hear anything. It's cause I believe your wire uh, fell out. Maybe. Yeah, you got to plug that thing back in, pal. Yeah, Mel Tucker has new evidence, though. I just saw the headline. This is real deafness. Yeah, this dude has no it's idea. It's worse than with those. I don't know what happened. Chuck doesn't even know a Chuck, planet. Chuck, is it plugged in right now or what? Uh, he's got a. Yes. Yeah. Come, come back down to earth, buddy. Turn up. You turn the pack off. You got to turn the pack back on. That's on. I can see the light. Yeah, I can see the light. This guy's too. 200 years old. Whoa. <laughs> he can't can hear, hear us? Me. He can't hear me. Can you hear anything? We need you to make a pick. You're 4 0. Yeah. yeah. Can you hear us? Earth 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 you can't hear us? Here, come over here. Can't hear, this. Can't hear himself. Can he plug his ears into that thing, the wire laying on the ground? We can give all him, say a bunch of mean stuff. Could you imagine? That would be funny, us talking from the same thing. There you go. We can say a bunch of mean stuff to Chuck right now. Fuck you, Chuck. <laughs> he can hear you. Go to hell. I got it. There oh. he is. He's there back. Oh. You a had to blow on it? AJ it off, was saying some mean stuff. Did you hear what AJ said? 
He said, this disgusting old yeah. is making a mockery yeah. of our show. So there's yeah. Italian you know, guys from Chuck, 200 you're under, years old. you're a smart guy. You get it. You Jesus know Jesus Christ, going. this guy's going to turn into dust if we wait any longer. Yeah. So he said, that's oh, Halloween said. skeletons. Yeah. 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 That's what AJ what? Hawk was saying. Lord, yeah. Scumbag. So what are you going to be for Halloween? A real yeah. person? or That's what AJ was saying. Yeah. I know. Oh, Spider-Man. A... Okay. I'm like, oh. Nice. Bear, uh, grandson oh. Bear wants to be Spider-Man, so I'm going Spider-Man with him. Oh. That's sweet. Be Uncle Ben. Did you see Mooch in that Spider-Man costume last year? We need you in the same one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Put a sock down there, Chuck. It's going to be a tight costume. Get you a big old sock. Yeah, maybe a yes, bottle. Sir. Yeah. Maybe a bottle right Banana. there. Banana. Smart. Mm -hmm. Smart. Yeah. Good Summer Risk sausage. Fit. Yeah. No. Eggplant. I got an extra costume if you need it. <laughs> All right, let's go to it. Chuck's 4-0. On Thursday night. Yeah. And this Can he is, pick first yes, tonight? Today? One million percent. Tonight, Chuck, with the great... Hey, Dirty with a good graphic, everybody. Great there it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dirty with a great graphic here. Obviously, Chuck has been on fire. Backdoored the Vikings with Philadelphia as well to start this entire thing. Had Detroit over the Chiefs while he was in Italy. Uh, in Italy sent in as a text. Now he is looking to predict... Commanders Bears on Thursday night. Six-point spread. Let's go to the tail of the tape, shall we, here, Chuck? Because there's a lot of important pieces of information. Team record, Chicago still looking for their first win yep. after getting a dub stolen from them by the Denver Broncos because of their ineptitude in the second half. Sam Howell is gathering quite momentum as the starter for the Commanders. It may be Ron Rivera, although he uses his outside voice for inside things. Maybe he does still have it over there mm. in building up up a culture and a team with Eric Bieniemy. Average points per game, Bears, 18.8. Okay. Average points per game, Commanders, 22.3. Okay. Now that's only a four-point difference or a three-and-a-half-point difference. Spread is six. Turnover margin important. Losing streak at 14. Will the football gods bless the Bears with a dub tonight? Or... Will the Commanders win and cover? Chuck Pagano, the undefeated Thursday night gambler who doesn't actually gamble, just gives out advice. What is your say? Well, both these quarterbacks had great, you know, outings uh, last week. I mean, Commanders should have beat Philly, had an opportunity to beat them. Sam Howell went off for 290 yards. Justin Fields, 335 yards against the Broncos. They're up 28-7, to and oh. somehow in the fourth quarter, just a complete collapse. Had, you know, an interception on a fumble the quarterback did. But there's just so much going on in Chicago. Um, yeah, there's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on. <laughs> 14 games, 14-game um, losing streak. And, and mind you, they've given up 25.5 or more points in each of those 14 losses. So you got a secondary that's missing, Eddie Jackson, right. Jalen Johnson, right. the right corner, Brisker, the other safety. Right. He's got a hamstring issue, he's supposed to play. So that's three guys. you got two rookie corners, Stevenson Ooh. and Street. All right, 29 is on the left, 32 is going to be on the right. Um, I just see Sam Howell, Scary Terry, mm -hmm. Curtis Samuel, yeah. Yeah. Jahan, Jahan Dotson. Right. The tight end Logan, Logan Thomas. Thomas. The offensive line you got Wiley and you got Leno at the tackle. Jay. The other thing, yeah. the other thing, the Chicago defense. Yeah, they're like at the bottom of every everything, every statistical category, right? They have two sacks. They don't they and they don't pressure. So Ngakwe's got one sack, and then. Two other guys, I can't remember, the never heard of them. They Jeez. share one. They each have a half, so they've got two through four games. 
They've created two fumbles, or excuse me, two takeaways is all. That's why they're minus six. They can't take the ball away. They can't rush the passer. They got a depleted back end. What? Now, Edmonds and Edwards at linebacker, two good players. Two good players. But <laughs> all the money that they spent in free agency, it hasn't paid off to this point. Eberflus's hands are flow, full right now. He's having to call uh, the defense uh, as well as manage the clock and do everything else that comes with that. Yeah, I just, I just think at home, these guys should have beat Philly. They're 2-2. Two and two. Sam Howell's going to go on a tear. Ooh. Um, they'll be able to protect him. The two running backs, you mentioned Brian Robinson, Gibson, Antonio Gibson. They can, we like Commanders minus six. <laughs> yeah, I went on a big soliloquy right there. No, it was good. Yeah, I like that. All, yeah, yeah. I just learned a lot about you. Important but I'm just saying, you, unless you go back again. <laughs> yeah, we know where you're going. We've gone on a ride <laughs> yeah. a couple times with you here. You thinking you're liking Commanders at home. There is no buts today. Oh. There's no buts. Oh, this, this is week. just a... This okay. is like... I'm laying the six and taking the commander. All right. There's also like? rumors that this is uh, Flus's, uh basically last last game if he doesn't win. What? <laughs> I love it. Do they have a bye next week? Going around. Yep. Oh, Lord. But, okay, so let's talk about... <laughs> oh, really? That's reality? Let's go through think? the roster. Who are we giving the you job get fired, to? Get fired. Who are we going to give what? the job to? <laughs> Might be you, Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Claypool. Chase you know the Clay- roster? Maybe Chase Claypool. Yeah. Maybe they give him the whistle. Player coach. Getsy. Or who's maybe Erlacher, like they did with Saturday. That'd be sweet. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Do it. Do a Jeff Saturday. Yeah. They were saying Olin Krutz yeah. would be the Jeff Saturday role. Okay. That'd be cool. Bring Cressman back, maybe. Why oh, not? Yeah. yeah. Hired him yeah. up for Bruce Arians. Yep. Grab him from Canada. Anyways, you like the commanders. Commanders. Minus six. Okay. Yep. All right. So that's Chuck's pick. AJ, who do you like? What do you like? I was already leaning uh, commanders, and with Chuck's resume, his history, how much he knows the Chicago Bears roster and everything that he knows because of football, because of his many, many years in football, give me commanders minus six. Yep, and I'll put my left hand up. Who are we betting on tonight? The The commanders. commanders. All right, seems too easy. Yeah, this uh, yeah. this kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah, not not to bring up last year in this. this much different situation, but last year when the Bears went to New England to play in primetime, they completely changed their playbook and they ran fields all over the place, and that was their last win, I think. That was number 15. All right. If they do that, we'll all be wrong. Hell yeah. <laughs> Don't you think yeah. that They're defensive done. front, you got you got Chase, right? you know, Oh, yeah, there's not a world where Chase I bet Young, on the Bears. I'm Montez just Sweat, Platt, Platt, Allen, Payne, Platt, 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 Platt. Platt. Yeah, they're good. Who? I said they're, they're good. They're good. They got boys. Good Del Rio. Yeah, Platt. you got Borum, Larry Borum, 75 at left tackle. He's mm-hmm. going to be going trying to block Chase Young, who's an ac- absolute animal. Yes. And then Sweat, Not as ripped as we expected, but properly huge. Yeah. Sweat coming off the other side against the rookie, Darnell Wright, their number one draft pick. Dust up Del Rio. Yep. Drawing up blitzes. Lil Herbert's going to have to, yeah. <laughs> all right. So Let's we're go. all on the commanders. Yep. Mm-hmm. Feels easy. If this goes in, we're all right. Okay. okay. All right. It's in. Bang. Oh, yes. This one. This ah! one's in. This one. Come on. This one's in. Yep. Nice. Yes. Oh. Keep feeding him. Come on. That ball was flat. That was this flat This good for me. Oh, no. This is it. We got it. We don't need that bonus ball. You're making this one. You'll make this. That was perfect. That, yeah, that's destiny right there. Yep. Yeah, bears are in trouble. Oh no! Double bonus ball. Two motorcycles. Two. Well, how's it, Mill? Shit. 
Don't worry about no, that, that one. That We're back. That one didn't go. That one didn't go. That one didn't go. This one really tells us. Oh, boy. Oh, I love this. Come on. What if you Come hit on. that Come bear on. over there right in the face? Yeah. Boom. Ooh. Ooh. That was a nice looking ball. Oh. I only got two balls left. Three balls left for you. Uh-oh. Basketball, too, down there. Chuck and throw the shit out of the football. Oh, yeah. Not a basketball. Let's see it. Did you uh, warm up today? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's go. What am I doing? Bruce was running slants out here with Chuck throwing on the ball. Hold on. I would love to watch that. Quick it was back. sick. Bruce has a pretty good get-off, too. Giants yeah. might need him. <laughs> you get more targets in Waller. Today? <laughs> Why aren't they using Waller? I almost said all about that. Great question. All right, what are you doing? Which one are you going to? This one? Which one are you going to? This one? I mean, you, you were just in Chuck, front of just, just. You were literally just. <laughs> you were just in front of him. D.O., we love D.O., smart, brilliant, big football mind, right? Loves Kafka, loves Dayball, everything about Dayball? Right? Dayball. Okay, got it. D-ball. I love that. Dynaball. You think Dayball should be calling plays or what? Is he? I mean, he could be. What about Doug Peterson down in Jacksonville? What about Doug? He's not calling. He's not plays. calling any plays. Allegedly, not. He gave it up. Press yeah. allegedly. They just won. That did he call him last game? No. Allegedly hasn't called him all season. Who yeah. called him? Press uh, Taylor. Yeah. You think Frank will give him up? Ooh. Carolina. Probably he sure. should. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. Everybody says the same <laughs> thing. But you know they could rattle off. I mean, you never know. Thirteen straight sure. wins. Yes. Yeah, sure. yeah. You never sure. know. Next next game should be their best game. I love Floosh. piling on Frank. Hey, we're saying Floosh. We're saying Eberfloosh. This is potentially his last game as the head coach. That's of the, the rumors are going around, but you know, Bears <laughs> fans. No, there's no way. It is weak. I mean, what, what yeah. does one game do? What does one game? Okay, hey, no one the game. Not one, one more game, week in the building. Fourteen games. But it I'm is, saying if you want to fire him, just fire him. Don't say this game it hinges yeah. on this one game. Well, I think uh, – That's not how they operate. Zito, you know that. That that organization, that family, the McCaskies. Well, they got rid of Lovey after 10-6. So. But that – That's, 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 that's after 10 years there. Marty Schottenheimer got fired by the Chargers after a 14-2 and season. Yeah. The Patriots beat him in the playoffs. Suck it, Marty. <laughs> He's big. God He's rest dead, his soul. Christ All right, well, oh, rest in peace. Wherever he I is hope there. you feel terrible. Wow. I hope he's resting his in peace. His son, by the way, is listening to that right now. Wow. Disgusting. Yeah, well, suck it to his son, too, because couldn't place place beat the Dallas. Patriots. Whoa. Sorry. He's calling the place We love Dallas. him. Boo-hoo. He's a good dude. All right, which one are you shooting at, Chuck? Do you have anything else to say before you leave the microphone? Hey, good day on you today. Great day. I mean, if you win the bet, much would be a great, great day. Yeah. What do you think about that Bears defense, Chuck? Yeah, what do you think of the Bears D? Someone get him back to the mic. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Are you shooting this one or this one? Which one are you going at? This one? Oh, buddy. Jesus Here we go. Christ. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, okay, Khalil, see ya. You're out. Robert Quinn, out. He only had 19 and a half sacks, right, mm-hmm. Zito? Only. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 19 and a half sacks. Oh, we don't need you. Oh, Roquan, you're like too fast and too smart and too big and too physical, and you can play every single down, and you can blitz and sack the quarterback, and you can stuff the fucking run, Miss you, Roquan. and you can cover everybody. But You're out. Sorry. <laughs> Feels like there's been some decisions yeah. made up yeah. there. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Me and Ryan Polsey, Matt and Ryan, we got this thing figured out. Here's all the billings, all these free eight. It's going well. Well, the Bears seem to have a lot of hope. Eberflu seems to be in a great spot. Chuck Pagano is. He's 4-0 right now, looking to make it 5-0. You warm-up? You warmed up before the show. Oh. You already warmed up. <laughs> it's three and a half hours. Yeah. We talk about Stay warm. I love it. Hold up. 
Sling that fucker. Chuck, what do we need to do? This guy was It was a walk off. Oh, this guy working. Look at this guy working. That was on purpose. That was on purpose right there. What a prick. All right, Chuck. If you make this football, I'd say. Well, got some Connor. Connor literally calls every human a prick. Sorry. Hey, you're right. This you, is your man. elder. This yeah. is a super yeah. elder. I can't hear him because he's not talking to a mic. Dude. Oh, no, there you yeah, go. Right, there you go. <laughs> 63 years old, god damn it. Show some respect. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Show some respect. Show me I think I've earned that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chuck, here's the deal. You make one of these into that hoop over there, we'll give 20 people $500 who retweet this post and say something nice to somebody. And in that same post that they're saying something nice to somebody, please put the easiest way to pay you digitally. Last so, time I did this? Mm-hmm. And we missed. We didn't pay off because I made a lot of money for a lot of people right. in the past, right? Yeah, but last time. Go back to the mic, Chuck. Yeah. Chuck, back to the mic. Back to the mic. Can't hear you. <laughs> last time it worked, it didn't work out. The airport, right? You know, wasn't too kind. Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand that. I appreciate the fact that people are saying, "Hey, listen, we're trying to win some money here, and your arm ain't showing up for us." Okay, all you gotta do is make one. You got four opportunities. Please shoes. What kind of shoes are those? Chuck? Those are on clods. They on-clods. look really good. Do you yeah. like those on? Why are you answering for him? He's on a mic. Well, here we go. Love the shoes on. I don't. What on clods. On clods. On clods. On clods. Like you're walking on, on a cloud. Yeah, all the doctors and nurses are on wild. cloud nine. Yeah. Like on yes. cloud nine. Bingo. Bingo. There it is. They're Federer's. Federer's. Federer created this. Smart. Did He's he making really? so much money yeah. off them. Everybody's wow. wearing those things. What a Federman or Feder? Federer. Well, Federman. Uh, <laughs> both. Combination. Federman, too. Federman. I, I get a lot of Federman mentions in my... Th- I guess they're changing rules because the way he dresses. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people in the sports world are looking for them to do that sports media, so I stopped looking like an asshole. Yeah, well. And... Uh, I've learned about old Fetterman. This guy's wearing overalls in, uh, yeah, in the yeah. Capitol. Turns out when you're talking about sports, you know, I mean, yeah, I think you can get away with wearing a tank top when, you know, you're in form of government. Something yeah, is cute at the start. Now it's, hey, listen, dickhead, stop dressing like a fucking asshole. Where's he right? from? Braddock, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's your guys' guy. So Braddock is not where we're from. He's but we, speaker? What's that? No, he's on your speaker. No, I have no speaker's idea. dead Should be. <laughs> I don't know. Who that is. I think he's part of your party, to be honest. Independent? Because that's my party. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Me too, brother. Registered. All right, here we go. Chuck, if you make one of these shots. <clears throat> All right, Chuck, here we go. If you make one of these balls into a hoop, 20 people will win $500. All I got to do is retweet this, say something nice to somebody in that same post, put the easiest way to pay you digitally. Whether it's Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, you get it. Bye. 20 people, 500 when Chuck Pagano buries this. Good luck out there, Chuck. Come on, this Chuck. This man's 63 years old. Oh, oh man, going like for that the, line. The dart spiral. method. Oh, oh, oh man, oh, right, right, net, though. Though. right in the net. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, nobody's getting paid for that one here, but maybe this one. Twenty people. Oh my God, oh, Jeez, you're throwing ball, like man. you're sixty-three. <laughs> Come on. Be fired off a con face. I hate you. Yes. Oh. Oh. All right. Had some oomph on it. Let's take a look at the marquee here before we take the next shot. Uh, Marquis keeping track of things for us every single day. Here is the uh, getting coached back on the mic seven times. Since <laughs> nice. you've set up here seven times, you've oh, gone right. back over there. Maybe the eighth time will help you yeah. bury this yeah. baby Duke. Chuck, can we get a mid-throw situation here? And uh, what do you think has gone wrong those those first four throws there, Chuck, if you had to self-eval? I, I don't know. I just feel disrespected. Yeah. Okay. We gotta be mentally tougher than yeah, that. What geez. are you talking about? What does this even mean? What a joke! It's not other, let's go to the marquee. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go to the marquee. Right, huh? Coach, that's none of your business. What other people are saying about you? Bingo. Yeah. Right. 
True. Boom. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if 63-year-old Chuck Pagano can bury this Duke into that basketball hoop right over there, 25 people, $500. Wow. All they got to do is retweet this tweet, say something nice to somebody, and that's Duke? it. Will the Duke go in? Yeah. yeah Chuck. This ain't state fair. It's a basketball hoop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. Hold on, hold on. Oh. Hold on. He got robbed. All right. Hey, Everybody's a loser. Shoot a I'm shooting uh, basketball. Yeah. Yeah. No, here. I don't know if basketball is right. No, calibrate. Calibrate. Hey, oh, here you go, Chuck. Chuck. This is calibrate. the one, Chuck. Did you calibrate it? If 63-year-old Paisan Chuck Pagano can bury this Russell Wilson yeah, dorsal here, fin here. football into that basketball hoop over there, we'll give 30 people five. Wow. Almost broke the backboard. Yeah, that's good, aren't right? Yeah. All right, Chuck. Hey, people are saying thanks for nothing, but you, you gave us greater. Whoa. Uh -oh. Yeah, punk that thing in the hoop. Uh-oh. Uh, don't hurt the shoulder. No, 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 no. Just if you want to take. Oh, 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 before you. Are you shooting Bend or no? Bend your knees. Are you shooting or no? Nope. I can't, no. I can't do it. Boo. Try to kick it in. Try to punt it into the hoop. Boo. Let's go to the marquee here. Sweet. Let's go to the marquee. It's been nine times now. Okay. He's been back to Hold the on. Here, so Where's he going? Floor's lava. Now he's just he taking his going, going, going to grab another football. Where's his handler? Floor is lava. Somebody's yeah. his handler. Yeah, seriously. Someone get this guy's walk. Takes his ears out. Doesn't want to hear the disrespect yep. anymore. That's yeah. smart. smart. Yep. This guy actually yeah. can't hear a single thing right smart. now. Hey, Chuck! <laughs> Chuck! Chuck! <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> if you make... <laughs> Chuck doesn't know where he is, but somebody does. <laughs> somebody Chuck, does. Chuck, if you make that ball, that ball, into that basketball hoop... <laughs> 25. 25. <laughs> How many? <laughs> All right, 20, How pe many? 20 people. 20 people. 20 because you had to 20 people. 500 dollars who retweet this post. Say something nice to somebody. Guy can't even make it. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right. Say so let's go. Oh, oh, oh. Chuck. Oh, oh, oh. Chuck, let's think about this. This is the last one. <laughs> Take here. a seat. This is here. the last one. So Take a seat. <laughs> have a seat right over here. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last ball. Mark, but it's also Chuck. the first ball. Where are you going? Whoa. Well, all right, we got two well, balls left. Okay. <laughs> Last two. Okay. Last okay. two. <laughs> Might as well grab the third one. Yeah, Might need a fresh diaper. <laughs> what is your problem? What? What is your problem? Tina's going to kill you, brother. Con. Miss T is going to smack you in the mouth, Con, man. All right. Yep. If this man, who is 63 years old and has coached football for 36 years of that 63 years, mm -hmm. can bury that baby Duke into that hoop right over there. We'll get 15 people. Wow. $500. All you gotta do is retweet this tweet. Say something nice to somebody and... What's going on? Using it like a rosin bag. Smart, yeah. smart. It is baseball playoffs. Yep. Smart. 15 people. Yes. Five. Oh, that one was tracking. This one's in. He's got this one. Ladies and gentlemen, this shot <laughs> is Chuck Pagano's last shot. Yep. It is his first shot first. and his best shot. If he makes this ball into that hoop right over there, Ten people, yep. five hundred dollars, who retweet this post, say something nice to somebody, and put their easiest payment form possible via digital. Uh, I I want to let you. Need this mask. That's Ray Mysterio's. Do not. Yeah, Ray Mysterio. That's Louis V. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need one for the the airport walk. Won't be and very kind. Everyone, to wrap this thing Boom. up, that's ten times since he stood up. He went back to that microphone because there's so much goodness that comes out of his mouth. Chuck, we appreciate you today. Yeah, boy, Chuck. Love you guys. People aren't gonna be happy though. No, no, no. no. About the graveyard out here. No. But some days it do I'm be. I'm usually like better it. than that. I Paul. I've 
feel bad. Well, Bill Sorry, is pretty people. comfortable. No, Sorry, you're people. making every pick. Yeah. yeah. So, like, right now you're making your picks. Now, if you were missing your picks and missing the and shots, mm-hmm. I think then people would be like, well, coach, this ain't you. Mm-hmm. But right now all we're worried about is going 5-0 and tonight. We appreciate you. AJ, have a good one. We'll be live tomorrow. Texas State Fair in Dallas, I believe. Come join us. It's near the Cotton Bowl. I've heard it's going to be absolutely bananas as we're crushing plastic bottles directly into a microphone on the way out here. We could add that as 11. I think that's 11 times going back to the mic, especially using a noise device like a crackling plastic bottle. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you, Coach, and we appreciate whoever comes out and sees us tomorrow. Let's have a great football weekend. Hell yeah. We got the simulcast on Saturday. What? We got game day on Saturday. We got a Colts home game on Sunday. What? We got a great lineup of games that we'll pick all of them tomorrow. Let's enjoy the hell out of this life. We appreciate you all so much. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change your life. Goodbye. <laughs>